Welcome to another episode of the Back of the 135 podcast brought to you by the WestWestNet.com Brought to you by the West West Podcast Network My name is Cam's and here are my host Nazaya, what's up man? Hello everybody Yeah man, did you watch the Mark Hunt fight last night? I um, I watched the first, actually no, I only watched it in the morning, I woke up Because oh. I tried to stay up but you know, I'm trying to get in that eight hours sleep these days. So when I saw when I saw it was after eleven, I was like, no, no, um, I'll put this mask on. I was actually watching it on Twitch. I think one oh, of okay. the one of the boys on the chat put up a link, and there was a Twitch link. Yeah, but I had the gamer guy on the side in the square box. Oh, that's how they they that's how they don't block you. And he was streaming someone yeah. else, and and he was complaining to the guy because he had no control of the stream, but the guy was like. Um, Moving the screen around. Oh, okay. and he was like complaining. But now I got to watch the fight. Um, it was pretty late, eleven thirty, going up to midnight. But I, man, I thought it was gonna be an easy win for Makan, but obviously it wasn't. I, I watched the fight. I just thought, um, I mean, you know, it just proved that Paul Gallen's got a bit of a chin, and but Mark still looked good. But I mean, you know, he's done. He's he's still a legend in my eyes, mm. and. I, I watched him. I, there was a bit in the second round where I, he looked like he had stunned Gallon, yeah. and he kind of just stood there. And I thought, man, the old. I, I wonder if it's still just trying to get over those instincts. Like you know, he's still got the instincts, whether it's a kick or trying to do a takedown, or you know, I don't know whether they, he was still trying to battle with the fact that he's actually just throwing hands. You know, he did throw up his leg when um, Gallon went almost went well, out see, of the that's, ring. See, that's what I mean. It's, Still, like his instinct has always been a K one. I was, I think, I was more frustrated in the match because I really wanted Makan to win. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and you're right. Um, Pogan did have a chin on him. He he withstood the whole. He withstood the whole um, six rounds. Well, you know, it was funny. I was just thinking, like, when I woke up in the morning, because I was talking to one of the boys from working. Man, those Australians. You know, remember when um, Jeff Jeff Horn won. Even though he didn't beat Pacquiao, but they walked around like, yeah, man. And I was thinking of that, that the joke, the Eddie Murphy joke. You know, there's uh, Italians that watch um, the Rocky. <laughs> Rocky movie, they all come back. Hey, Rocky. You know, they're all acting really tough. And I feel like the Australians now, they're like, yeah, man. Hey, man, uh, Paul Gallo's the strongest man in the world. Yeah? You can beat anyone. Like, and, uh, and the fact that he's probably... You know, I thought that too, the way he called out... Um, Rob Whitaker. Rob Whitaker, yeah, well, thinking, you caught him out, I was like, come well, on. Well, the mate. thing is, the thing is, Rob is a, a he's a middleweight, you know, so he's not. Paul Gallen is going to be, I don't know, probably physically bigger than him, but who knows? You know, I, I guess he, you know, he knows how to do. He's a businessman now, and you know, he's a showman. He knows how to get those pay per views. The, the out of it, the out of it thing was it was a co-main event for a, you know for a major boxing like event, and it was a ex. MMA guy and ex rugby league player. I mean, that kind of shows, you know, what does that say about those kind of cards? You know, it's like the, it's those kind of celebrity ones. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, stay up late to watch it, then it is what it is. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it only prepped you for, uh, for today. <laughs> <laughs> We know that's today's podcast. I think this is going to be our last one for the year. Eh? I think, um, yeah, before Christmas, before New Year's. So uh, we're going to wrap it up 
with this episode. Um, 103 with um, Academia and Presley Matters. Um, power couple from Ranui, who um, three years ago tragically uh, lost their son to an accident on our train tracks out in Ranui. He was going out for his morning run and um, had his noise cancelling earphones on, ran across the train tracks and couldn't hear the train. It was a devastating loss for the family and, you know, for everyone that knew, that knew them, um, us included. Yeah, so we, we brought them in, had a chat about their campaign to give awareness to safety across the train tracks. Their campaign, which is a global campaign called One Ear Out. And we just talked to them about their um, giving awareness and what they've done to make uh, our train crossings safe for our kids and for, for, for everybody. So, yeah, it's pretty... Um, Pretty uh, insightful talk with them, eh? Pretty. Yeah, uh, I think if we were going to end the end the year, um, this would probably be the one that we would end it with because it was very. I know um, during the end we were talking with them, I, was, I felt getting emotional because just to see them to come through uh, the other end that uh, and and to be and to know that um, that they have a something to. To do now just to bring awareness to um to also commemorate the memory of their their son that they lost Kenan, but also to to make sure that uh, to prevent it and that it never happens again because i guess as parents uh to lose to lose a child um and to and for them to the way that they've uh showed the the way they showed their strength and uh, and to start this movement it's uh, it's inspirational. Uh, we were very fortunate because we just talked about we talked about a lot about uh, other things before we actually got onto the we talked about um, the one year out movement. So it's awesome because you get a a good insight into Presley and Karamir as well. And we 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 touched on a lot of things before we got to um, to the serious part of it, but. I know that anyone listening, they're going to really enjoy it, and they're going to be inspired, and 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 they're going to learn a lot because there's a lot of stuff that we probably take for granted or that we didn't know um, that they've that they've brought to light, and uh, I I hopefully and I know that people will be educated and um, and inspired by their their story. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So have a listen to this one um, and. We'll see you guys next year. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and be safe. Cheers. Lights, eh? Yeah. Good on you, man. Look at me, I uh, hide my bottle because I don't want to look like an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that's the work, that's the tradie, trademark, eh? Very big have, time, hey, you know, after work, have a couple of beers, relax, yeah. you know? Mm. Every week, bro. Mm. <laughs> I, try, I try these light beers, eh? Do you? Just for a change. Why are you sick? That's my drop now, eh? You're going backwards? <laughs> so, what, so for you, it's about the taste. I'm not a, I'm nah, 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 for me it's more of not getting drunk then. Like, True. I just can't handle hangovers anymore. 
Tak. <laughs> I don't get hangovers, bro. Don't, you don't get hangovers? Over 30s, bro, I don't get hangovers, bro. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Cutler? Oh, bro. <laughs> the next day, the day off. <laughs> Can't handle it. Like, nah. And that's only having two wines. And it's like, two, my limit, mate, too much. After I have mm. two, it's not good. Nah. Yeah, I just can't afford to sleep the next day all day. Yeah? Yeah. I just, I just got too much shit to do. So I'm always thinking about, like, when I have a drink, I'm always thinking about, man, I don't want to get too drunk because I need to do stuff the next day. Yeah, yeah an adult, mate. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a mature man, mate. But you got a you got a pool over there. Just jump in the pool, <laughs> eh? Go for a good couple of laps, man. Straight out. Nah, yeah. that doesn't work. That's so work. you sort of need to sweat it out, like like back in the islands, eh? Yeah, like when you're drinking. Uh, they do, eh? Yes, you don't get hangovers. You don't get hangovers. <laughs> eh? Sweat it all out, all right. Bobby, where I get it from? <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe it should be a summer thing, yeah. maybe summertime it should. Well, test your theory then, let us know. Uh, yeah. Hey, we'll keep tabs on yeah. this guy. Uh, see how it goes. Yeah. See how you feel the next day. Yeah. I've got to say, the 2.5% is good, eh? It tastes yeah. the same? It tastes like Heineken. Right. Well, it should. It's just not, it hasn't got the alcohol. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. It yeah, tastes yeah. like pure beer, you know. I, don't, I'm, I was too scared to get the, one, the 0%, you know, yeah. like the yeah. 0%. It's yeah. like... What's the reason to have that? <laughs> you know, like, come on, I don't want to go straight to five to zero. <laughs> at least, at least I got a two point five. You know, yeah, you're you the type a, of guy that that has a beer off of the meal or something. Yeah, that's the. Oh. You, you might as well be like those Americans that oh. beer and pizza kind of dudes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I'm straight. Like, I'm going for one goal when I'm drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beer, beer, and kimchi. Have you tried that? Oh, you guys oh. tried that? Oh, that doesn't sound good for your stomach the next morning, no. though, eh? Man, that goes, man, that goes. Anything yeah. spicy, beer. With beer. Mm. That's probably why, yeah, you go to a lot of um, Korean restaurants and Japanese ones, mm. eh? After their spicy meals, they always have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got that sake, eh? That oh. yeah. sake. I'll do the wine. I'll do the wine with, like, uh, meat or fish. Mm. White wine with fish, eh? Mm. That's, yeah. that's good, eh? White with white. With white. Man, I, I start with beer and then it doesn't get strong enough. I have to go to bourbon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad now, I have to start with Vailima. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sucks. And now I'm working in Southside. Oh, I know, mm. all the bottle stores over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Comes home with a box, I'm like, oh, far Because <laughs> yeah, in West State, they don't have the pure. Yeah. Oh, Vailima yeah, pure. that's right. In Southside, bro. Everywhere. They know the market, it's eh? bloody gold. The pure. <laughs> I like the pure. Yeah, it's nice, eh? You know when you get a sa, I always have yeah. the pure and sa. Yeah, yeah. Just Small that, bottles. You know the normal vanilla, it's real inconsistent over there. Yeah. yeah. It's like you get a, you can get an off one, then you yeah. get a different taste yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can tell it. Yeah. I had it once, nev- <laughs> never again. Never again. But I never got down off the um, the toilet. Yeah, me too. I didn't get... No, I never really got used to that. Yeah. Uh, stick with Vailima. You know, to me, it tastes like, um, you know when you buy that, <laughs> I remember when I, when I was fatty and I just go buy those cheap stuff for the house and get the cheap um, yeah. um, kettle. Yeah, that's it. To do your coffee in that. <laughs> you know how it tastes like yeah. plastic? The yeah. tea and yeah, coffee tastes it like tasted. plastic. It tastes mm, like yeah. the kettle. Oh. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's what the, uh. the, the toilet reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, bro. I didn't want to say it, but you said it. <laughs> but it's the same as me, yeah. That's why I... Stick with the Wailima. Well, well, there's our uh, toilet sponsorship down the um, 
Dan Drain. Dan Drain. Yeah. I don't think we ever be sponsored by them. But <laughs> that, how do you how do you how do you promote that? Like tell some more tell a take the plastic taste. Refreshing. Well, you know that's my. Oh yeah, hey, that was yeah. my opinion. Good. I know the locals love it. Yeah, I know the locals do. love it. And I think it's slightly cheaper, but yeah, it is. Yeah. I like the other beer they had that they didn't carry on. The, um, summer, summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they were marked to the like Corona. Yeah, have it off the line. Yeah, that summer, summer, that was nice. I like that more. When was the last time you guys were in Samoa? Last year. Oh, nice. Yeah, last year. Got injured, so I thought I'd go to Samoa to recover. Yeah. (laughs) Is there any other place? (laughs) Hey, that's right. You had accidents and they worked Yeah, bro. Oh, shit. No. No, no. The hole was only this deep. It's the way you land. I landed. Hmm. Wasn't even my job. That's what pissed me off, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I went to help another builder, and he didn't have his holes covered. Yeah. We were carrying some wood, and I fell backwards into a hole. Yeah. I just landed. I landed. My foot landed like that. It snipped across there, bro. Oh, so it was cracked? Across yeah, the... cracked. I didn't know it was that bad. I cracked across there on my toes. Mm. Yeah, I went, did x-ray, and said, oh, shit, he did some damage, mate. Three months off. Three months? Mm. So three months in, oh, so went Samoa. Yeah, it's been about a week or so in Samoa. <laughs> I know, yeah, getting pampered by his mummy. Yeah. <laughs> ACC, eh? Hey. Did the whole family go? Or? Yeah. Yeah, all of us. Yeah, us and the girls. It was cool. It was good. It was good, Brett. It was good. Yeah, hot. Yeah. Even in June. Hey, like we left here and it was freezing. We get there, stripping off, come back, freezing again. So, you know, it was... It's always nice to go to Saar, bro. Mm. And it was nice and quiet, too, like... No tours. Oh, yeah? Saar, yeah. Well, hardly any, you know. Good time to go. Yeah, there was no festivals on that time, eh? Mm. that's probably why it was so good. It's probably, yeah, the best time to travel last year, <laughs> considering what happened this year. I know. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it was good that we managed to get in, yeah. not knowing what was going to happen. Mm. Pretty fortunate then, eh? Because there's yeah. probably... I know my dad, he's, he really wants to go back, but we, we don't know the... When it's going to open know when up. when it's going to open and how serious, like, what, what's going to be required for him to go. Does he have to have a test? Does he have to go quarantine, quarantine. you know? Yep. So... I guess once they open up that bubble to Raro, that will be there, you know... They kind of test, they yeah, kind of... To see how they're going to work yeah. it out, how they're going to manage everything. Yeah. Um... Because then I think they're looking at doing different parts of Australia. I mean, they did what? Didn't they do Brisbane just recently? No, they said they were going to open up. Um, but I'm not sure if that was a. Was there a no. There was a no uh, quarantine kind of stand down mm. thing, eh? Yeah. But I don't know if anyone that's actually gone, so yeah. it's yeah, set to go. There was a period they had announced it, but they didn't announce that the date of the no quarantine was actually a week. Yeah. After so a lot of people were going that time, they're yeah. getting caught, caught yeah. out. Oh, okay. Saying, oh, but we still had to quarantine. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, the actual date for it. it was the twelfth? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know that if you come back, you still have to quarantine yeah. the way. Yeah. But you have to make sure you've got a ticket. ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to get that ticket, because they're like running out. You know, yeah. The hotels can only cater for so many. Yeah. Because everyone's got to come into Auckland before they can go anywhere else. So yeah. A lot of people complaining about that. Yeah. Saying, oh, we can quarantine at home. And they're like, no. no. Well, it's because you can't trust people. I know. No. You know, what I mean? as much as you want to believe in no. the power mm-hmm. of the human spirit yeah. to be trustworthy, yeah. there's always going to be someone that's mm-hmm. going to, 
you know, mess it up for the rest of, of course. us. Of eh? course, always. Yeah. You're gonna that you can bet on it. On that second lockdown, where builders were allowed to work. Yeah, we're at Mission Bay, bro. The amount of people walking, running, and heaps, yeah. no masks. <laughs> and they, they stand there and they question us, because, hey, come you guys are working. Oh. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're all running right half a metre from each other. Yeah. They don't care, bro. Yeah. Yeah, we were allowed to work, you know, all the trades were allowed to work. So. Level three. I was level three, huh? Yeah, yeah level three. Go back. So yeah, they were, as soon as it hit level three in the first lockdown, they were all trades were allowed to go back. Mm. But a lot of rules on site, eh? Yeah, bro, the, 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 the paperwork, eh, was massive, man. Sign in, you know, keep your distance two metres apart. And I'm like, how can we work two metres apart, man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was quite strict, but. So I went to um, your deadlines and stuff, did they get extended? Yeah. The... yeah, everything got extended yeah. back, yeah. Which is, uh, gives you time. Mm-hmm. Mm, it was good. So we just have to cross our fingers, I guess, that they are on top of this COVID thing yeah. and, you know, find a vaccine. Because <coughs> I reckon it'll be another probably two, even three years before anything really goes back to yeah. some kind of normal, you know, where we can just travel without worrying about bringing anything back or, or you know, not fear of going into lockdown again or someone or another disease similar yeah. to it, you know? Well, you know, the, I guess that's the fear is that if the virus mutates or something, you know, yeah. it makes it, because it, like, gets a, a, a stronger strength. Stronger strength, yeah. We're in trouble, you know? Yeah. And, this, you know, the sad thing is, I know um, the Cook Islands, they've been, for a long time now, they've been asking, you know, let's open up a bubble. You yeah, know, we'll yeah, yeah. set a model so we can show other people, show the other islands we can work, coexist together. But I don't know what, why Jacinda's so hesitant. Like, I guess if, if you were to get one person over there with COVID, yeah. that whole island will shut down. Yeah. yeah. So that's just but I mean, the... But it's the, I know it's the Cook Islands that are pushing for it. Yeah. yeah. They're pushing for it because it's their hotels, their money that they're not seeing. And But if you actually go, because I'm part of the uh, Rara community page, majority are against it, okay. saying, no, we don't want it. Um, you know, we're, we're doing fine. We know people are losing out on business on money and but they're getting help from New Zealand government. Mm. Yeah. Um, the workers are getting still getting that um, compensation payments. You know, not cool. as yeah. So it is it is it is great. Not as much money as what they would like, but, but enough, enough to, to live on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so oh, the yeah, majority right. of the population like that. Nah. Our government don't want to be responsible to take care right. of a little island. <laughs> eh? yeah. I mean, like uh, I mean, they don't want a repeat of that. Disaster and have it to Samoa, yeah. you know. Samoa, exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I heard Jacinda today, and she was talking about. I thought it was pretty cool how she said that they've got enough vaccine for all our, all our neighbours. Like they said, the Cook Islands, Tuvalu, I mean, Tukelau, and, and and Tonga and Samoa. And I thought, whoa, yeah. it's good to know that they've got enough um, to vac- look after. Yeah, yeah. To, to look after their neighbours. Yeah. It's kind of New Zealand's role here, eh? it's, it's always been to look after the our Pacific Islands. Pacific, right. yeah. you know, we've got the biggest population of Pacific right. Islanders, so it only makes sense yeah. to take care of them. Because yeah. the majority of them, once that bubble opens or travel opens, will be going back home to yeah. those islands, you know? Yeah. You know, Australia can take care of themselves and all those other big countries, but it's our island nations that I think rely on New Zealand and we do our best to help them. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. It's interesting you said that the businesses over there, they're okay. Yeah. You know, they're not really 
No. They run they think of safety first rather oh, than yeah. Yeah, and they and the money. Raros are quite ingenious of coming up with other business ideas or ways of generating money. So they had like a little mini Cook Island games. So they invited all the other islands, you know, the other Cook other fourteen Cook Islands that make up um and came over and did a um, uh, games and heaps of people were there, so that generated money. The ones that are losing out the most are just the accommodation, the tourism sector. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that are really finding it hard. But there was like a um, little documentary on Otsaki where all the tourists, you know, all the tourism industry shut down and said, no, we can actually go back and plant, do, work on our plantations now, you know, or show our kids what we used to do because it's actually been a godsend mm-hmm. for for those islands that are losing all that because, you know, they're busy generating money. Now they're working on their land. And like my sister said, Raro's just so much better without planes coming in. I mean, because planes used to come in twice a day, you know, and these are full flights. So, you know, all these people on that tiny island, some days you, I mean, you would never think there'd be a traffic jam, but there were days where it was just like, you couldn't find parking, couldn't get anywhere, couldn't even get into a hotel because there's just too many people. So now, you know, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a different. I don't know how if I could put it that way, but it's kind of like a reset, yes. like a cultural reset. Yeah. Yeah. Like kids that would have just been used to having money generated from yeah. the tourists, and that they're actually going to learn their language again or learn how, like you were saying, learn how to cook the food, like or go fishing like they used to back in the days, you know. People got time. Yeah, know, that's right? it, And no. that was the biggest biggest thing that people would find is that, oh, I don't have time for that, but they're just allocating their time to things that, that was important to them then, whereas now they're like, you know, I can go back and do all the things that I actually really wanted to do now that I've got all the time in the world. But, you know, I loved lockdown, I must admit. Mm-hmm. I loved it. The first one, I think the first week, hey, this one kept on telling me, you're breaking the law. She's going. <laughs> I, try, I try to walk in places that I've never, ever been before. I'm, yeah, like, I'm yeah, going. Yeah. I can't can't stay here. But I, the second week after I got used to it, I was like, man, this is cool. Yeah. You know, just, just, I, yeah. I've got the same feeling as you with the lockdown. Like, it was, for me, like, I know it was hard for most some people losing their jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even the the mental health stuff, mm. being in a domestic violence situation, yeah. you know, for some, some couples enjoying lockdown, but there was that. But I think for me, I enjoyed it in terms of like it helped reset mm. and to think of what's more important. Yeah. Like you spend time with your family and like That's you true. just think about, yeah, you think about life more and like yeah. Yeah. Mm. what got you where you are mm. or, or was these little things that you did worth it or what can you do yeah because you're, you're stripped of everything that's not important in that's your life it. Oh. yeah you know and to just think about that is like really was a really cool thing to think about because yeah. otherwise you will never think about it no you know I yeah. mean you like, it, may, normally, it may come to you and you're like but then oh gotta go to work gotta go do this yeah, gotta exactly. go do that yeah. so exactly. that takes over yeah but I think yeah I think we learnt just to be grateful for all the things that we have, you know, instead of wanting just stuff because we can. So, you know, that was cool. The girls, yeah, they were hard case. You learn a lot from, you know, being, <laughs> being just locked in with yeah, your yeah, kids yeah. for 24 hours a day. Yeah. It was, yeah, they kept us um, entertained, I must say. Hey. You get sick on Netflix after a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think once... Uh, once um, 
Tiger King wants the after uh, <laughs> the second week. Uh, what else can I watch here? Because nothing can top that. I that said, stuff. We still actually watch today. I oh. think we watched bit, like snippets of yeah. oh. episode. Yeah. When I, I just... watched it, it's that kind of like mm. I'm sure I've got some stuff, but I can't <laughs> take my eyes off <laughs> this program. This is yeah. But like you said, it was it was like a chance to be grateful and mm. be grateful for the country we live in. Because oh, I mean. Yeah. They're still, like, look at Europe and look at America. They're getting, like, thousands of cases every day. And, yeah. and, like, when I hear the news, like, another case was found. But lucky they're finding it in the, where you know, the quarantine areas, you know. If we where find you it, expect them to yeah, be found. That's where you want them yeah. to be found, eh? Yeah, it's once yeah. you hear that community transmission, you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, But we haven't right. had that, which has been great. Yeah. So they're doing the right things. Yeah. You know, and I think... New Zealanders, we we know we listen. Mm. You know we don't. Yeah. We, we're like, okay, okay cool. What you know? If I think you think we're that's lucky like, to be in New Zealand, because yeah. in America they don't even get any money, mate. You yeah. Know? Well, they got they that survive. little. They got that one-off payment. You know. Yeah. 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 And it was a thousand dollars, and they were all. Yeah. And I was like, man, I got that from the government. For, yeah. Um, two weeks, you know, a month in a row, you know, and my company wasn't open. I was pretty lucky, like you, like. I had to go back to work, um, I think, two weeks into the lockdown. We had a choice. I went, I've, I've got to go back because I'm drinking too, way too much. You're essential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Danny Phipps, he told us that the place up in, um, where was it? Cumia. Cumia. That the, the, the shop up there was selling um, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't want to get go wait in the line out over here. I was like... I was just driving up to Cumin, like hoping not to get pulled over. And I thought, I'm going to do this once a week, uh, you know, once a week. Yep. Oh, me and this guy were practically every second day. Like, <laughs> you know, is it, oh, did you go up there today? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good, you know. <laughs> so I was just, <laughs> it, got, it gave us a chance to go check out other areas of uh, West Auckland. But we're still adhering to the rules in there. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, it's outside the trust, so yeah. it's cheap, cheap beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. We in the end, we... Had a challenge like you know the steps, so we take his watch. That was our entertainment each day, so you could top it, top it from the day before. I think our youngest, mm. hey, she was she's far too competitive for us. <laughs> She'll run on the spot, run around yeah, the backyard for ages and ages, and we're like, oh, yeah. you won. Was it was there were any prizes involved, or was it just for the for the just the claim to be the yeah, champ? just to be the champ, the bragging rights? Oh yeah, and she loved that. Yeah, there would be no prize. Better than that, yeah. mm-hmm. than to say I am the best out of my dad, my mum, my yeah, sister, yeah. and to hear it. Uh, we still hear it every now and then. <laughs> and no, she'll, she can go on. Mm. Well, that's yeah. This year, uh, I don't know, you know, it's been it's it's a turning point for everyone in this mm. world. Eh? It's things will never be this. It's funny, like when you said it'll take two to three years before it gets back to normal. Just even think of that, like, coming into the new year, you never thought. Oh, no. You know? You know, when we all came into 2020, we were like, wow, 2020, yay. And then, oh, March. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. It was just like everything, yeah, the whole, and it, it was out of it because the whole world stopped, you know? It wasn't just oh, yeah. us. It was just the whole world stopped because of this virus and it was just unbelievable you know people were watching the news every day and following up on what Jacinda had to say and where we're at and I mean we did I, we did everything right I mean look where we are now and the scariest to, thing was shopping 
Hey, yeah. well, you went out to do the shopping, eh? Hey? I was yeah. like, oh, this is freaky, man. Yeah. Hey, everyone's marked up. Hey, Lining up. Away. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Walking down the aisle and everyone's like looking, you're looking at them like, oh, who's going to pass first? Or oh, you go. And then, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. That was pretty scary, eh? Hey? Did the shopping, bro. It seems it still seems so far away, though, eh? Like it does because you know we said in America overseas it's like full on still. Mm. We we have no idea because no. we're used to being normal again. Yeah, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Oh, just our, our borders are closed, but that's it. That's mm. it. But other than that, life is pretty much normal. Normal, you know. Mm. We get to be with that's our true. families. We don't yeah. have to worry about oh no, just having to see them through the window or you know we can go to the shops, movies, sporting events. Mm. No, we, where did we go? We went to one of our daughter's competitions one weekend and uh, just sitting in that room with all these people and I was thinking, man, we were so lucky. Yeah, because I still listen to some podcasts in um, in the States and like, they talk about COVID like it's bad. It's bad. I always think, I'm hearing that and I'm thinking, oh, that's right. Yeah. It was, it was bad. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For, for us ages ago, but yeah. for them it's still happening. Still, yeah. You know? And it's, it's, it's crazy, and they all look at us, and, you know, they're like, oh, what do they do that, you know, that we aren't doing? Well, we listened, you know, when they said to stay home, we stayed home until, you know, just for, what, level four was like two weeks, two weeks to a month? Four weeks, I think, four weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it just slowly lifted and got it. It's funny, control. in the trade, eh, like, most of the, everyone was rushing to the shops, you know, before lockdown. And all the plumbers and that were saying, ah, oh, bro, I don't know who they're rushing there for. The first thing is going to go to the next door neighbour's sheep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cut the, you know, chop them up, eat it, yeah, eat yeah, some yeah. meat there, mate. There's going to be no rules, you know? Yeah. But people are going crazy, eh? You know? Well, toilet paper is getting abused. Well, that was, well, that was, remember that thing? I don't, I, I never understood why everyone got crazy and bought like 10, like 10 yeah. packets of toilet So Australia especially, where they went. I don't know, Fighting they, in the aisles. Yeah, there. that's right. And I was thinking, do they know something we don't? Or, <laughs> yeah. or, or do they just have a lot of fibre in their diet? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that kind of started it for us, like, oh my gosh, Australia yeah. is buying up the toilet paper. We, we need that's to do that right. too. And we're like, yeah. mate, we make the toilet paper, yeah, so yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. Yeah. You know? and, and the other thing was like how everyone was buying everything in bulk, you know. I, I, I guess it's because we'd never um, experienced anything like it, so, you know, but now it's funny when we went into that lockdown, that second lockdown, everyone kind of knew what yeah. to do. We didn't. No one rushed out. Yeah, that's right. Everyone was cool. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll just yeah. go get our mask. And I mean, yeah. my grandma still did her shopping. Oh, yeah. Um, she bought 80, 83. She said, no, mm. why send out the young ones? Because, you know, people come around who care. We're like, you know what? You've got grandchildren. She goes, why would I send out the young ones? I've been on this earth longer than them. I'll, I'll go catch it. <laughs> yeah. Why will I send out my young granddaughter to go and catch it for something that I want? She goes, no. So she used to go out every week, do her shopping and, you know, pay her bills. And I was like, oh, just don't listen to that one. <laughs> yeah, but she's like that. You know, for you guys, how was it having family overseas? I know, I know Chris, your, your parents over there in Samoa. Mm, that was the scary part, mm. is especially thinking, hey, you know, if they get it, being old, you know, that was the serious part. But plus, someone just came off the um, the measles, that measles yeah. thing. Yeah, mm. just not not long mm, before. Not that. long ago, yeah. And, and, and so they were sweet. I mean, they were they reckon she reckoned she was safe, you know. And they weren't too worried. They eh? the same one people. Yeah, they're pretty cruisy, eh? Yeah. You know. So I think that we were more worried over here than they were, you know. So, but yeah, I think it was good that they were able to, you know. 
technology is able to zoom oh, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that to, to ring to, yeah quite mm. often to make sure hey you guys need anything if mm. you know like no we're all good we're you know supposed to be some type of lockdown but i don't think anyone's in lockdown so it's amazing eh, what coconut can do eh? you can eat it you can drink it eh? yeah you know you don't really need too much <laughs> eh? so the fruit over there i mean we're panicking over here about food the islands don't panic, eh? Yeah, well, because they grow their own, you know? Yeah. They've got their mongers in there. They mm. just do their own stuff, you know? I was more panicking about the taro price over here. We're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. A few Sundays we were about our taro. Oh, oh mate. It's expensive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Are we still getting it from Samoa? Or still well, Fiji? Or? A lot of Fiji taro, eh? Yeah. Taro's yeah. taro is the best, though. Yeah. Nice. Oh. <laughs> is that the purple one? Yeah. Even we get the grey one as well. Oh, the hard. yellow. The yellow one's nice. That was like the rock. Nguyen Taro is pretty, it's up there too. Like that. And I know Samoan Taro's been a bit inconsistent, like Samoa as well. So <laughs> It's like they pick it too early or something. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of Fijian Taro. Yeah. Oh, even for Christmas, like the taro price is expensive. Huh? <laughs> We've got our sister-in-law to bring the taro for Christmas. Uh, She's just going to get frozen ones. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, we can't wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that should be... Yeah. Oh, well. It's probably from Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's going to be cool. I mean... Oh, I was lucky lockdown was in winter because no one really wanted to go anywhere anyway. Imagine if it mm. was in mm. summer when you mm. look outside and the, you know, it's hot True inside that, yeah. and True beautiful that. out and all you want to do is get away. But, nah. but now we can, which is good. So it's going to be, yeah, good weather apparently for Christmas. I've been following, like, I know the, some of the, I know the All Blacks just came out of uh, quarantine and I saw um, Adi Sevilla. And all that, but I know um, Israel Adesanya and that they're still in there, and they were talking about mental health and how they, those guys have been stuck and there's no facilities for them to train. So you know, and like you said, it's summer and you've got all this beautiful weather outside, and mm. you're stuck in a hotel for yeah, and just watching the world go yeah, by. Yeah, and, and I feel you feel for these guys, you mm. know, because it's you know people forget about that about the mental health. Yeah. Side of things, you know, especially when you're used to. When he seems like an outgoing person, like you know, you're always training all the time, running and all that, and then yeah. you know, you're stuck to sitting on a sitting on one of those stationary bikes yeah. doing your own training and watching. Like you said, you can only watch so much Netflix. Or, yeah. Hey, you know. And yeah, I saw um Adesanya's post. Yeah. He tagged um just in the because he's in yeah. isolation too. Yeah. 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 That's what I was, and he was saying. But he Man. was still. He still acknowledged that she'd done a great job, but just to be wary that, you know, just to think of the people that are stuck, you mm-hmm. know, probably offer better. Well, he was calling for counsellors to be at the yeah, oh, hotel. Right. Right, yeah. I thought they did have counsellors in no. there. Because I thought I, I saw a post once where you have a nurse checkup, but they also, oh, I guess it was just the nurse. You can request if you're feeling a bit, you know, down, speak to the nurse, and the nurse can get a counsellor in for you. But yeah, no, they it, you need that, you know, especially with people just can't, you know, imagine being locked up in a little like four by four room, 
know, for two weeks and... And you're allowed out for one hour? I mean, yeah. Go out for a little bit of fresh air and the same... But it's like the same routine every day. Yeah. You know, your meals at the same time, your break at the same time, and your only thing different is that you could be going out with, um, you know, not always the same people, but usually around you get an hour a day of just doing the same thing. I think what we've seen is that's the result of the trial and error up until then. Huh? Yeah. Remember there was, like, stuff like that, like they were... Like a group of people come into the hotels, yeah, and then they'll mix with the group that's already there for a week. Yeah, exactly. And they'll say, "Hey, what's going on? You might have a now. <laughs> we've been here for a week. Yeah, now you've got another two weeks to go, <laughs> which is yeah, all that planning down the drain. But um, yeah, they finally got it right. Even the airport staff, they didn't think about the airport staff bringing it back home to their mm. families. Eh? And I was like, oh, you know, that be the first point of contact you want to isolate people from is all that all the airport staff. So if you're going to work, you'll have to. You know, maybe not go home to your family, go to another place and return back to work if you want to stay on. But, um, yeah, the learning, getting it right so far. Mm. It's interesting you mentioned the mental health side because I suppose the loneliness, you know, sitting there by yourself, that can affect you. Yeah. You know, just sitting in the room by yourself because you're only blocked in that one little corner. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it comes to stress and pressure. Right, for a person like himself, um, pressure brings mental health as well. You know, he's thinking outside the square. And, yeah, it's it's quite interesting, eh? Because um, we've got a new new group in the building industry. Uh, it's called Mates. And they help each other with mental health. Oh. Helping guys on, on site. So that's, that's also a new thing in New Zealand. It, it started in Australia. And uh, brother-in-law in Australia, hey, he works for them, so... Yeah, so mental health is, is actually a massive thing at the moment. Uh, not only for males, just like yeah, a lot of males, mm-hmm. but not only for it's, it can affect anybody really, you know, from the rich to the poor to whoever it is, eh, to the most sportiest person. So yeah, I saw that. I saw his post, and yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, and, I, I thought it was good good of him to speak because mm. you know it wasn't people. I hope people don't read too much into it. Like, is he attacking? Just because he wasn't. No. Yeah. Because yeah. he acknowledged like the great work she's done. Yeah. But just remember, there are people that, like, he's probably fortunate enough that he's got the rest of his, um, the guys that went with him over to America. But there's other, like you said, there's someone that's probably travelled by themselves. They're stuck in this mm, room, yeah. this little corner. They've got no contact, or they don't have any chance to talk to anyone. Yeah. So. But you know, can you expand on that mates thing? Because that sounds that sounds awesome. Because you know, especially with tradies, is that kind of rough and tough kind of guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. walking around in your shorts. Like we said, having a beer after work. You, know, you might be sitting with your close mate. You're having a beer with him every day. You don't know he's going home and he's. Mm. he's yeah, it's a new thing. Uh, like I'm, I'm still trying to learn off it and 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 read into it. But it's like supporting each other and helping and talking. To to because the guys on site, you know, it's all rough and tough. And jokes, little yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, there's always one person on the corner who's feeling it. So it's just encouraging each other to talk, really, on site, and and especially the young guys. Hey, you get a lot of young guys. They come on site and they sit in a little corner, and you know, so it's it's a new thing. I think um, there's a rugby player that um, does it in New Zealand, um, Slade McFarlane. Yep, yep. Yeah, he he does it. See, he's in charge of it. Oh, cool. Yeah, and, and uh, in New Zealand, I saw his advertising as well. So, 
Yeah, I'm standing alone off it too. Like I'm, I'm going to read up on it because we're, we're in the industry, so yeah, especially for the young guys yeah, and, and old. You know, people our age, we we all get affected and and uh, stress and you know in normal life. So yeah, it's quite interesting. So yeah, they'll include that as part of the the site safe. I stuff. think it, they're starting to yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, it's just came on the Yeah, because yeah. I do I my my course. After level four, I had to do, do the site safe course because my thing expired. Mm. And they were getting into that kind of thing, mm. the, the mental health. Yeah. And they were getting into like culture. Oh, mm. nice. And how, the, how, if you have a boss, like like, like the foreman on site, he's, he's like a white guy, he doesn't understand Pacific Island mm. culture mm. and that. So mm. they might have some problems that the white person doesn't understand. Yeah. So they have to take that into account as well. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah. No, that's good. So they, at least they talked about it. I was like, oh, this is, this is new. Yeah. It's not just like, Wear a hard hat. And it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. about mental health. Mm. You know, starting to. Yeah, they're starting to come into the industry. It's coming into New Zealand, you know. So, yeah, it's quite interesting because it's it's something totally new, bro. We, we we never deal with it before. Yeah. On site, we don't we don't really talk to each other like you know it's you know like the girls do. Yeah. <laughs> because because he mentioned he mentioned in the site safe that especially the young ones they don't really talk to the to the boss oh, yeah. no, no like way. if something is wrong they won't yeah because there's like a respect thing like they mm. don't want to be bots and talk to the yeah, boss yeah, and yeah. say and say oh there's a danger over there mm. Mm. they'll just keep it quiet you know yeah 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 so they they, they need to understand mm. that that's a cultural thing they have to try and um get around it get that's around. true yeah yeah so that was interesting no yeah that's really that's good because a lot of trade you know people in the trades um especially if they own their own business. You know, a lot of um, trades own their own companies. And I don't know, well, guys, I don't like to talk and be open and be like, you know what, mate, I'm having a shit day today. Yeah. Uh, it's always yeah. like, you're right, yep, and quiet. And yeah. men find it hard to pick up on those signals or signs that they haven't actually known they're not good, um, like women can. So it's good to hear that they're having mm. such a Yeah, they, they put that up as well. Because they said if you're having a bad day, if the boss is having a bad day, he might um, talk to one of the workers that is doing something wrong. Yeah. He'll, he'll grab them off rather than yeah, talk yeah. to them. And they'll get like low self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of stuff. So yeah. Being aware that if you're having a bad day. It could affect other people as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like I say to Priest, I went, if he has a bad day, like something was late on site, which pushes back um, the, the schedule and all that. I'm like, mate, leave it at, out on the driveway before you even drive in. Yeah. Take a breath. Leave it out there, come in, because it's work. It's problem, not in here. Because if you bring it in here, just, you know, affects all of us and it's got nothing to do with us. Really. I, I remember uh, we had a boss, so we'd always have on Fridays after after work drinks, 4.30, you know, and we'd put everything down and go. And he's from Australia and there was this one, uh, one guy and he would always talk about work. Just mm. negative stuff, you know. Everything bad that happens at work. Oh man, we should do this, do this and that. And he'd been there. So our boss had been there for a week, and he as soon like so we sat down, and I knew he wanted to go and suck up to the boss and tell him how bad it was. As and he goes, man, you know, work. And he goes, stop, stop right there. Mm. You know, four thirty, we stop work. Yeah. This is that's it. There's no we no work talk zone. We just here can enjoy everyone's company, talk about the weekend and that. And I thought that's a that's really good idea because yeah. the the point of the the beers or whatever, just any kind of yeah. time catching up with your like workmates or colleagues, it's just to just get to know how get to 
see how everyone is. You know, you don't want to talk, talk about work and that kind of stuff because then it starts affecting everyone and then everyone's got an opinion and all that. And I thought that's what people should try and do is that yeah. when, you, when, you, uh, when you turn on that car or when you're walking through that door, just switch, off, and switch, switch it off it as hard as it can be sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, because it would be hard if you know, you're, running your own, yeah. you're running your own team, you're running your own business and that, eh? Because remember, I just think of, when we were talking about mental health, I, I think of that guy that was out, who owned, um, I think it was a mad butcher or something. Yes. Um, the first week of lockdown. Yes. And he, and he, and I think he, he killed himself. Mm. And I thought, you know, that's, and people were kind of saying, because it was the stress and because of the lockdown, he knew he was going to lose his business and that. And I thought, man, like how, I wish someone like, you know, was there for him. Or, yeah. You know, or she just reached out. Reached to, out, yeah. You know, and and that's because you, know. you know that old thing we have, like us us guys. You know, it's like ah, oh, just harden up. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And that mentality's gone. That's we a, need to get rid of it. You know. A, and to have these organisations come into yeah. and make it and normalise it. Yeah. You know, and just be like a hey, you know, so you're not feeling great or you know, cool. Let's you know have a chat. And sometimes just having that lifted off your shoulders is all you need. Just that one person to listen to you, or you know, just give you some advice that maybe you haven't thought of. Yeah. And yeah, anything that can prevent suicides is. Yeah. You know. Especially here in New Zealand, because we've got the highest rate, or something like with males, or something, in a certain age group, you know. Yeah. And and the sad thing is, it's not just us. You see these and and the other these young athletes, the sports, you know, the guys, the the league players that have done it because of. Just Are we watching the that matchfit program? Hey, and that was a real eye-opener to hear about your idols who you just yeah. put on this pedestal, say, you know what, I went through all this, and I was like, wow. You know, and we don't realise, you know, when they have a bad game, we criticise the heck out of them and not realising they're not just rugby players. They're actually people who put on the black jersey um, to play because they love the game. But at the end of the day, they know they've had a bad game. They don't need to be reminded, like, in the media, for, you know, for fan pages and stuff like that. And I was like, no, you're right. Like, Toy Flavel had a really... Yeah, I, I thought his and Ron Cribb's story, Yeah, I thought they were Ron like... Ron Cribb, yeah. we, You know, because they're Westies. Yeah, yeah. So you see him around and you're like, you'll go, hey, man, that's Troy Flavel, that's Ron Cribb. And, but then to hear him, the stuff about him losing the, uh, his dad, I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. Living right? on the streets. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And you don't know that stuff, no. hey, you know? You think because the athletes, they get getting well paid, yeah. so they, they, they haven't got any issues, more money's not an issue, but it's all the other stuff that they weren't... Um, Given, are we not given or just, you know, they, they didn't reach out for us? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that's what they're trying to bring into the sporting um, world is to have people to talk to. So, I mean, they're still going now. I follow their posts quite a bit and they still get together. I still have a yarn, still, you know, still work out together. And I think that's what really helped um, Ron Cribb was getting back into fitness again and having people around that he could talk to, that he found, being an all-black, like, oh, I can't show them, this is exactly what I was going through. I thought that programme was just amazing, and it's great. Now they've actually put a post out saying that they'll open it up to other males to come and join them, you know, come join them at the gym or come and join them for a yarn or something. I thought, that's that's great, because we need more, more males, role models in, you know, that say, you know, if you need to talk, come and see us, yeah. and not just, hey, we're just rugby players and we're invincible. So it's awesome. 
Because yeah, when you think of like when you think of this, it's like Buck Shelford, like he's the hardest, yeah. hardest man in you know, all black history, you know. And for him to be able to be come out and be vulnerable, it kind of says to you, oh, okay, then you know, if that guy, you know, because he's probably had some of the worst injuries had, like, and he's <laughs> managed. Well, we know the one, the most famous one, but and for him to just be there and talk about those issues and and just come out, then you go, oh, you know, that's. Hopefully, inspirational for the younger generation and for us because we we watched him growing up. You yeah. Know, that, and okay, then it's cool to, well, not, it's it's cool to be vulnerable. It's cool to just tell someone, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going through something. You know. And to have someone there that you look up to, to to be the one to help you. It, that's yeah. I reckon they had the best group of people. You know, Graham Henry. He's a hard man as well. You know, had the best group of people for that program. Because one, they were, most of them were like, they were a hard case. And two, to hear their stories, it was just, just blew me away. So I'm glad that they're continuing with it after the 12 weeks. Yeah, it's been just been awesome to follow their posts as well. And you watched it all the time, man. Yeah. But it's all stages in life too, eh? You know, when you're younger, you think you're waterproof, you know, you're solid. And as you get older, you, you, you lose that and you go into a different person where you... You're not relying on yourself too much. You kind of actually got someone else to look after, and it's pressure, you know, and and it builds up. So you, you change how you think, and you change the way you are. And some some people can't handle that, you know. And, and it's it's when you change your life, it's, people can handle it, and you have to change with it. You know, when you're younger, it's totally different to when you're in your thirties and when you're in your forties, and, and as you get older. So that's <clears throat> one thing I've. I've for myself is you you have to change with the time um to adjust you know that that stress thing of coming home and trying to leave the stress in your car i, I try to do that for for me um when i come home I, I might have a bad day i have to wait in the car for a minute and actually tell yourself hey you know just leave it in the car because if you don't you actually take it inside your house and um, when you take it inside your house that's where you have problems with your own family so, and it's one of the hardest thing I think to work on is is leaving that stress at work, or leaving it uh, outside your family, because they can affect your family as well, and then affect yourself. So, and and at the same time, talking is probably the number one thing to how to fix it, you know, and and talking to your partner or talking to friends is uh, I got a young oh he's not young he's twenty seven that works for me, and. I've had to learn to actually talk to him, you know, yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. just <laughs> telling him what to do, you know? Yeah. So, and it just opens up another door for, for both of us. You know, he he trusts me and then he starts to learn off me and and I'm not sort of just pointing fingers and, and giving instructions, you know, so. And you learn that as you get older, you know, you don't, you don't think like that when you're 20. You only think like that when you start getting into your 40s and your 30s, you know. So... Yeah, you know, like as a man, for us we grow and we get more mature as we get older. So, and it's a bloody good idea to hand it down to the young ones so they can learn. And if you're learning, you know it's only better for yourself and and only for the young fellas, you know. And and trust is one of the most important thing uh, as a young guy is to be able to trust someone else. So, it's yeah, no, it's not easy. You know, mental health is is massive and. And, and stress as well because they all work together. 
So yeah, it's mm. one of the things I learned uh, in my job over the years. Like it is a stressful job because you're dealing with millions of dollars, and if you make a mistake and it gets built, yep. then that's <laughs> you're liable to be sued or you know something like that. And it's like really, it's really stressful. But what I learned over the years, you can have a lot of anxiety. You're not really sure. You get anxiety, and then you feel like damn get real stressed out and sometimes you take it home with you but then over the years I've learned there is processes in place that, that allow you not to think like that mm-hmm. because there's things you can do it's separating being a, a professional you're taking away all the emotions out of the the problem at work yeah. so you're not taking it home because there is a process like if, if, if there's a mistake then there's a way to get through it and all you gotta do is trust that process mm-hmm. to get through it don't think about any extra thing because it's not gonna do anything the problem is still going to be there. Yes. Just because people, especially young people, they take that and get so stressed out. Yeah, you know, yeah. They can get... Yeah. And that's what overcomes them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, when they just know... That, yeah, exactly. But it's a taught thing, eh? I mean, if you're not taught that or told that, because um, people, it's not an automatic thing that we do. We yeah. stress first. You're right. You know, yeah. whereas if yeah. you were taught, hey, there is a process first, come and talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, share it with someone. Maybe they can help you, or would lead you into someone else who can help you. But um, if you're not taught that, or or had that in your life, um, yeah, you'll always become overwhelmed by it, mm. and it, it does over can consume you. Way, I mean, like you said, with you've got people's money, you know, riding on it, and that that's a huge pressure. Yeah. So to get it right, because I remember one time ages ago when I got an email from a client. He was angry at something. I can't remember what it was, but he, he wrote an email and he asked the question. It was bad, but I took it more than that. And I was like real stressed out about it. And then I told my boss about it. And then I thought he will get mad too, but he, he just read the email. So have you done this? And I said, yeah. Okay, then just do it then. And I'm like, oh, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> Which like, is great. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just overthinking. Yeah. overthinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just read the email. Do exactly what the email says. Don't overthink. You know. Yeah. In the hard way, but yeah, no, that really helped. Which is good. Knowing that there's processes out there that, you know. And then now that you know, and then you can share that on to other people and, yeah, you know, which is which is good. But if you grow up or be that person that doesn't want to learn it or never been taught it, you're always stuck. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Do you think it's a uh, Polynesian thing? Do you think, like, we kind of, like, because we're quite reserved or we're, like, quite respectful, so we don't actually like asking for help? Or, like, when something comes, we, we just take it because we're like, oh, that's my fault. So, like, you know, I don't want to make it someone else's problem, too. So we kind of have it. And, like, you you were saying, like, how when it came, the email came, you're like, you think, man, I've, I've messed up, yeah. you know? And, and it's all my fault, and, you know, my boss is going to be pissed off at me, too, and the clients are really pissed off. And then when you see your boss go, did you do the job? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, Cameron, go get me a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Did you bring that sandwich I told you to make yeah. the story? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because that was me, you know, before. I mean, and I know that, like, a lot of people that I work with, you know, if we messed up, man, you'd look at their face and you'd think that something, you know, something really bad had happened. You ask them, what happened then, too? You know, you kind of like, okay. Yeah. You don't want to be, like, roll your eyes, but you go, yeah. hey, it's, it's not as bad as you think, you know, you know. You, you can get through this, learn. As long as we, I think it's a thing that if you if you're put in a situation, 
it's every situation is a learning exactly. experience, hey. Yeah. And but if you keep doing the same thing, then you're you're obviously not learning yeah. the lesson that's you know being given. You know, so yeah. pressure of it's money, eh? Like yeah. every time you make a mistake, you're thinking, oh, this is going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Well, you would because that's yeah, that's your business, eh? Hey? Yeah. You know, yeah. you and it's everything that you like. He's like you. Yeah. Everything has to be precise. Yep. You know, you make that mistake. It's going to cost someone money. Yeah. Uh, and time is money. So if you make a mistake and you're going backwards, it's actually going to cost the, me money or the boss money or the owner money, you know? So it's going to cost somebody. Yeah. And my, my theory is, uh, can it be fixed? Uh, how are we going to fix it? Uh, we'll go back and fix it. And, who, and then you figure out who pays for it after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, and that's how, you know, first you fix the problem. Yeah. And then you figure out. You don't out all stand around like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> Should we, what are we going to yeah, do here? Like, the, no, point your fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. You know, I found, I found that um, industry's changed a lot. It's all about liability now. Mm. More, more so than ever before. Because how long have you been a builder now, Chris? Probably about... Since I was what nineteen, so far out. Yeah, yeah, a long time. Been in the game. Yeah, because you know, when, when I go back to our old, um, um, our old drawings, there's there's nothing on there, mm. and the building still got built back yep. then. Yeah. I'm talking about ten years ago. Yep. And the amount of drawing we do now for mm. the same building, yep, it's like ten times the amount of drawing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm feeling it now. I'm like, yep. why didn't you used to do this before? Like, mm. the liability is massive. So yeah, everyone's pointing fingers now. Okay, the builder will point fingers at the architect, the architect will point fingers at the engineer, and the engineer will go back and say, well, you, you decided to build it that way or design it that way. It goes around in circles. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because so. I remember back in the days, when we when, when we missed something, and if it's already paid for, the builder will just do it anyway, because mm. he knows what to do. Mm. He doesn't have to ring. But now, ring up for everything. Yeah. They ring up for every little thing. Though. Yep. Like, oh, how many nails go in there? You know? Yep. So, bro, yep. You should know. Yeah. But yeah, but I want to see it on the drawing. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. what we get told. That we actually get told to do that. But I can see why. Because every, every, everyone has to be accountable. accountable. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, like he said, if you miss something, the builder would do it. Yep. But then when the camp, you know, it comes back and you've done it, and you, why'd you do it? Well, I knew it should have been there. Yeah. But it wasn't in the plans. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. it's kind of, mm. you know, I think... But that's the thing. We used to do that before. Yeah, yeah. And it's been it's, no problem. It's funny when you talk about how you used to draw before. I always think, oh, what, did you put a little sun on the top of it? Because you're talking like a, you were drawing your designs at crayon or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's a licensed builder now. Everything has to be on the drawing. We're not allowed to change it. At We're all. not allowed to add on to it. We have to follow exact that drawing. If it says four nails, we're putting four nails in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how it is, you know. Yeah. We're so is, that back how on. is that how precise it is now? That's how precise yeah. it is. Yeah. Shucks. And, and we're getting calls all the time now. We're getting more calls now than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it when architects say, follow 3604. Oh, yeah. I, I go, hey, you show me 3604 on the plan. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't want to go look it up. Yeah. You know, that's, so that's how it is now. We're, we're just pointing fingers. Hey, architect, put it on there, mate, and we'll build it. You know, and then the architect will say, engineer, you make sure it's structurally <laughs> designed, you know, and, and it's going to hold up. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole industry is totally different, man. So, this But you were saying that today, because you had a, um, an inspection in yeah. the council, what was the council saying to you about so something? So, they put a slab in the middle of the kitchen, and I picked it up, and I said to the engineer, how come there's a slab in the middle of the kitchen, you know, um, a slab thickening? 
he goes, oh, that's a mistake. That's not in my drawing, but it's in the council drawing, in the architect's drawing. So he deleted it. And I said to him, you can't just delete it. I said, you got to send me an email yeah. and a new drawing saying it's actually been yes. deleted. Yeah. So he, it covers me. Yeah. And it's because the council's going to ask for that. He said, I can't just go cross it off and say, <laughs> hey, no. Yeah. So it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. I guess that all came about with that leaky building, hey? Yeah. You know, everyone, that Side was enough. a huge muck up. And everyone was blaming everyone. And there's still poor families out there that don't have a home but have forked out so many thousands of dollars. Mm. So I guess if they want to now, everyone's trying to cover their own backs. Is The more detail on there, the more of everything that we can get so we can, when the homeowner, something happens, we can actually pinpoint, go straight to it and say, actually it was this, this industry's fault, the mm. reason why your house fell down or something. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, everyone wants to, everyone's, I don't know if everyone's just like, always worried about what's happening. You know, they want to know if they're covered or... So our insurance is massive as well. So yeah, as yeah. a builder, yeah. you know, we have to insure. There's a lot of money on insurance and it's just in, just in case, you know. It's just, you're just spending money just to make sure that you don't make mistakes. So, and and that's every trade that you guys are probably having insurance as well. And, and also yeah, houses in the millions. But yeah. um, even that new law, they put through the um the safety health and safety with the design of the building and with to make sure it's safe for the life of the building yeah. how can you foresee that yeah, how that's, you? I, was no, that's just, the I was just, thinking, I was just, I was just yeah, thinking that that's the rule now well, you know, do you have to test on it yeah. or well we have to make sure everything's signed off like, oh. what is the life of a house from the design to oh. the to the demolition mm. wow. the building that's you have to be covered covered for you have that. to be safe for that long and safe in terms of it won't collapse so say if someone gets killed um because of something... 20 years from now, mm. after the building's been built, and they find out that the fault is the architect, then they can sue the architect. Crazy. Or the person that designed it, or whoever. Whoever. Whoever's fault it was. Yeah. yeah. Is that because of the um, the Christchurch earthquake? Because there was that building when they were trying to get... I think it was that television... I mean, the studio site, and these people died, but it, was, it wasn't designed properly, and they were trying to get them get them on it, the, the actual architects. Mm. You know, and they were saying, like... Um, you know, even though they didn't expect an earthquake, it wasn't designed well enough that that yes. was going to was going to collapse the way it did because of the way they had designed the house. So I wonder if that's kind of like a kind of reaction to that kind of because that does seem a bit. Oh. I don't know how you can insure. I mean, it's ensure that a house is going to mm. be safe for yeah. uh, you know. I mean, there were houses built in the seventies, and we're taking them apart, and the handrails are no longer legal. You know, so yeah. designs are different. Yeah. So. So what's safe now? Yeah. Could, mm. Might you not know? be safe in a couple of years, yeah, twenty years. You know. Well, the, well, the way we're going, it's going to seem like that because everyone's kind of like, you're going to cut yourself on a on a yeah. corner of a table, or you know. And blame someone. Yeah, that's I'll right. Go blame somebody. Yeah, someone, someone, someone didn't uh, sand that down properly. You know, not, like, it's not my fault for not looking where I was going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there's things around it. I mean, when we put plants on top of buildings. Yeah. Like nowadays, because of that new law, it'll be more safe to have the plants on the ground. Yeah. So the people that will f- people have to fix it, then have to climb up the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, you know, things like that, like to make it safer. Safer. Yeah. You've got it. Yeah. Oh. It's like you come on site. It's our responsibility to tell whoever comes on site all the hazards on site. So that means we're given the responsibility to them. Mm. Uh, if we don't tell them, 
we're still reliable for this guy that walks onto the site. So that's why no one's allowed to walk on building sites because um, the builder is actually liable if they get hurt and until you give them, you know, the the talk. Hey. Has that always been the case with the no, building industry? No, that's since Osh come in yeah. and the safety part, that's when it's kicked in now. I guess because builders, or well, people in the construction and building industry have the highest risk of accidents. Yeah. That's why their ACC levies are through the roof. Yeah. And that's because, oh, okay. one, you know, they've got a deadline to meet, but they're working with dangerous tools every yeah. day. I guess it was like a, a learning thing. How many more people need to get injured before we actually say, hey, no one come on site unless you actually give them the health and safety brief. Yeah, because I remember I used to come on this site all the time, just walk on in and stuff like that. Now it's like gated up and hazard board up. Yeah, and and it seems like he's in quarantine. Know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been jobs where I've done, I mean, he's needed some help and I've come in and, you know, help come on site and do a few things. And, you know, you, there was no mm. question about it now. Oh, if Osh was to come past, they can shut your whole site down. Man. That's how, you know, how important it is now. No dogs on site. No one under 16's on site. So you need to be 16 and up to be on site. So they're real strict. You know, the no no dogs. No dogs. Man, I just, you know, that was I thought that was hand in hand. Like, I used yeah. to go, so you see everyone with their dogs in the back mm. of the unit. I thought, man, that's so cool. Yeah, a lot of builders have dogs. And yeah. These days, yeah, no dogs are allowed on site. Well, what was that? I just, yeah. that seems a bit extreme, you know. <laughs> I, I know, you know, because it's jumping around, but I mean, if you had them tied up or something, yeah. I mean. And most know. of the, the guys on site are dogs anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but most of this workplace must be empty there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the radio? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that, is that yeah. another Osh thing? Oh, some sites still have radio, mm. but there's a lot of sites with no radio. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Uh, but you have to have a little session level, don't yeah, you? Yeah, there's a certain. Uh, Volume you can have it. Like the real commercial sites are you real strict on oh, the okay. radio and the yeah, residentials are not as bad as commercials. Yeah. Commercial you gotta tag in everybody and you know, make sure you know who exactly is doing what. And where mm. they are, right? Yeah, so I guess it just all comes down to safety because there is people that just wander in not a thought in the world and you know, <laughs> causes an accident that affects you and your business yeah. so I guess if you if you have to do it daily, no one will forget. Like, oh man, I forgot to tell that guy that I actually moved that pole, or, or you know, the scaffolding's not there anymore. So if, if it becomes a daily habit, you learn. Okay, safety first, mm. which is always important. Which is uh, the prices of the houses are going up and up because all the safety and everything that you need to build a house now. And it becomes so expensive. Oh, okay. So mm. that's contributing to the... Oh, definitely. The oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the, all the equipment you need, the scaffold, yeah. the netting. You've got to factor that in, eh? You've got to factor all those yeah. into the price of the house, you know, so the and price I, of the house. And what about the council consent in that? I heard they make heaps of money of that kind of... Yeah, yeah. And average for a council consent now is about 35 to 40 grand per uh, job, so... And that's that's up there, man. Hey, eh? yeah. That's that's for someone to come in and look and tick it yep. off. And yep, they have about ten inspections or on a house, about yeah. near ten to twelve inspection. And that's yeah, that's and but that's your um, wastewater and all that. They well, that's what they say, you know. So yeah, no, it's not cheap. It's not cheap to build a house. So 
not so, cheap to buy a house either. Yeah. It's not cheap, to, you know. Mm. I mean, look at all those terrace homes that are popping up all over the place. Like, I mean, the one on Lawanda. Then that guy bought those two sections, and now there's like four, yeah. four or five of those two, next, two to three story homes. Yeah, next to uh, Tovia Palmer's, next to Palmer's old house. Oh, hey. Hey. Yeah, oh, so geez. that's their house. Yeah. And, hey, and and Ralph Elika's old house. Oh. Yeah, and I, I remember driving past, and I saw like, because during COVID they shut down for a little bit, so you didn't. It was only just uh, just the frames, and I was like, well, must be a nice big house. Yeah. And then when I see how it's laid out, where you go in and there's four or five different houses around that little area. I was like, yeah. is this, is that the future of housing? I think that's you the think future of the housing, yeah. yeah. The yeah. roads can't, you know, I mean, the resources uh, can't handle that. I mean, look at the roads. You've got people double parking, so it becomes a one lane. Um, we've got a water issue now, but they're just popping up all over the place. But, yeah, the, I guess that's going to, no one's going to have a house on a good-sized section, mm. um, you know, newly built Everyone's going to be, especially in our area now, Ranawi's already been tagged for um, it's an urban zone, so they've got allowed those terrace homes to yeah. be built up to three storeys high. Shucks. So, it's like down your street, eh? Yeah. I know um, the bottom of, of our Stalin Bahari, oh, right. there's the old house on the corner there, and they busted it down. They've got three houses there. Oh, hey. Yeah. It was a nice big section, but, you know, and I was like, wow, see how fast they can just, like, do that kind of stuff and... And they're selling. Yeah, the oh, exactly. The demand for them is so, you know, it, it's it's growing so fast that they can't keep up. To people like we want these homes. With these, you've got gangs coming of of um, builders coming. In, like we saw them down by end of Swanson O'Neill, just just putting up these homes, you know, in, in a couple of months. And I'm like, man, and sold straight yeah. away. I'm like, the interesting thing is who's actually buying them. Yeah, I bet you there's hardly any Kiwis buying yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Just can they afford it? Okay. Uh, you're looking at 800, 900 to a mil. Yeah. Um, that's a start. You know, that's... Yeah. So that's that's not cheap. And uh, if if an average is making 50 grand a year and, and you're struggling, you know, who can afford a house at uh, one mil? So when they talk about affordable homes, <laughs> one mil is not affordable. Yeah. Well, that was what Ranui and those one down Swanson were earmarked for, affordable homes yeah. for people who are on the benefit, you know, start off at 500000 But those ones at 600000 only got a one bedroom. Oh. So they were like, well, that's not affordable home for yeah. me, a family of six, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I don't know what happened to that deal, but those homes don't exist there. They're all big, those big mansion-type homes mm. now, eh? Because there's a lot of building going up at the top of Dombach as well, you know, around the back area there. Mm. It's funny because, like, when we used to look up from, you know, we look up from Stanley Park, you look up, there's all the hills, the rolling hills there. Like, oh, when you look up now, it's just full out houses. But they're not, like you said, they're not the small, like, they're massive, you yeah. know, mansion looking at, like, and you think, well, I don't think anyone I know could be, <laughs> no, could be living up there, exactly. you know? Exactly. Mm. I mean, have you guys been down Border Road lately? Yeah, yeah. You know, and they closed off all those state homes. Yeah, right. So you wonder what what actually is going to go in there. Yeah. Is it going to be better state homes for these families? Like, where do those families go, you know? So you, you just think, hopefully it works out for all these people because yeah. we've got so many homeless people, more and more, especially around our way now, way. Yeah. You go along Lincoln or you go around um, Larnack Road shops there, mm-hmm. Rafka Road, you just see them all over the place and like, 
So I'd like to know where all those families went to and if they got moved to a better place. Because they left a good three-bedroom home of sections to go to where I don't yeah. know. Where, where else could they have gone to? Because you're kind of like at the mercy of... Of state of the state housing because they can, like you know, you can try and fight it, but they'll say, "Look, we're going to move you on because we've already sold this section, these areas." So, you know, you you just fingers crossed you you fall into a good place because mm. you, you know, it's not like you can really afford to go and, and rent because uh, because rent what's rent now these days like six yeah. five six hundred dollars starting now yeah. for a decent place, yeah. you know. You're looking, I mean, to flat with a person, you're looking at about two fifty three hundred just for a bedroom. You know, before you were able to rent out a three-bedroom place for that price. Yeah. You know, now. So, it's, you know, that's why you're going to have more of those um, emergency housing going up, like down the court and all that. And if you go in there, it's so depressing. You know, everyone's in the same boat, and they just look so de- depressed and, you no, know, but they're stuck in there. They've got nowhere else to go. Yeah. The caravan park up at Ranui. Yeah. All those, you know. I see that, um, like, you know, it's funny because when you get up to Fresh Choice, and you oh, know the yeah. ones that are from there because they're there walking around all the time asking, yeah. you know, asking for change. And like, oh, I can only give so much change. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, hey, no, I can't. No, I can't eat now no. because, you know, yeah. because you know you're trying, you're trying to do the do the right thing. But I mean, after all, you you just hope that there's some system in place that, yeah. that can actually help these people because it is the same people same, up there. Yeah, and hey. that place, I mean, we get them walking over to the park behind our house, so, and they're, oh, they're a special bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Very special bunch. That's a but, nice way you know, to, yeah. the, the risk that they, that the communities now have because all these people, one, they could have, you know, mental health issues. Yeah. Two, they've got nowhere to go through the desperate and all they're living in is like a little caravan or a little cabin so I'm just, and we see them come out, they go over to the Watermatic League Club, you know, and they start venturing over to the park at the back of ours, and I'm just like, oh, all the kids start, you know, got to bring your kids inside. Not that, you know, we think anything bad's going to happen, but you don't want to put them at risk of it's something right. happening because you don't know, you know, they've, they've been drinking. Yeah. You know, some of them haven't taken their medications. And the, the government, and they know that these people are in there, but there's nowhere else to put them. Well, it kind of reminds me of like that when we had Rob Luisi in, and he said that there was that stat like Ranui was one of the worst places, and I said, you know, we kind of laughed it off because yeah. that's not the Ranui no. we know. Yeah. Like we grew up there, we yeah. know that the potential, and we know that it's a good place to live. But it's funny stats can tell you, you know, a lot, a lot can get lost in text, and that's mm. what kind of got lost is that no Ranui potentially if we. If we look after it, or or yeah. you come in and actually help us fix it, mm. we we can lose that tag of being the, yeah. you know, the worst place. And like you said, like that that caravan, you know, that that place, everyone knows about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like everyone, like you know, it's funny because you know, someone if I'm talking to someone at work, someone new, and I say, oh yeah, I'm um, I'm from Ran. Oh, I know. You know, <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah, sucks. we always get given that South. Or- you're, oh, you're the South Auckland of West yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I said, no, it's not. I said, it's, the, it's not ones who've been in Ranui all our lives, it's the ones that have just moved into the area from yeah. other areas, you know? They're the ones that make make Ranui into the bad place. That yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're walking around, you know, with tinted glasses on, we don't see yeah, it yeah, because we, we're, we're so comfortable. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe Ranui to be, yeah. to be like that. 
And, 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 and the, the sad things when people say, "Oh yeah, the South Falkland," man, they just Southall is just a safe, you know. Yeah. They just they just get a bad rap as well. I, I remember my brother he moved to Mangry. Yeah. And ah uh, man, because all our lives I ain't ever moving out yeah. south, man. Yeah. And he's like, "No, I'm moving out there because they were staying with us for a while. They moved back from Australia, and they moved out to Mangry, and I was like, "Good luck," you know. <laughs> and they the kids loved it, you know. They loved it. And my brother said, "Man, you know." This place is awesome. It's got you know everything. Yeah. It's our culture's there, you know, and that. And I guess it's everyone and the people from Magri going, bro, they stayed around. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because yeah. you know it's all just it's an image thing or just yeah. mis- misconceptions, you know. Oh and, yeah, totally. And and yeah, well, I mean, when I used to go, I used to go Magri every pretty much every second third day because you know go see the kids and go hang out with them, and I was like, man, I, it's just that we've fallen into that kind of stereotype. No, I must admit, I'm guilty of that. I always, I still say it to this day. I, would ne- I could never yeah. move out south. Yeah, well, I guess I'm just a Westie too. Oh, right? yeah. I said, if, if I was told you got to get out of West Auckland, I'll go to the shore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't venture out even east. Yeah, yeah, east yeah. is a bit too close to south. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, people say, oh, no, you Ranui. I guess, it, yeah, I say Ranui Heights now. <laughs> yeah, well, there is a Ranui Heights now, eh? That's People don't believe me. Behind um, Birdwood. Yeah. Hey, was yeah. it? Oh, behind Birdwood Heights. No, <laughs> not behind Birdwood. At the other end. Oh, okay. That's, hey. Oh, your end, eh? That's yeah, my end. Over the, yeah, yeah, the one yeah. where, you know, it goes up the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the developer up there, too. I mean, all that's all been developed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. All that all that winery, Babbage land, that's all been built up on. But no, Ranawee's really coming back around, you know? Yeah. You've got that sustainable living place, so, you know, hopefully we get known to be green and organic. And, yeah. You know? But yeah, that's that's all we need to do. Just, we need to hire a really good PR person oh. and <laughs> just get them out there. Out there to show them, you know, we've got an awesome cafe, yeah. library, hello. Yeah, Why that's would they right. put a library in Ranawee if it was dangerous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. besides the kids using the free Wi-Fi, <laughs> know. you know? But, I'm trying to figure out. Um, there was never any trainer park and people roaming around. Being there, there always, there, there always been, been there, there. Um, but it wasn't as you know, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as packed as what it is now. Yeah. I think there were better owners of it who, you know, made you know, gave it some type of um, yeah. a bit of a spruce up. Whereas now, no, yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, it's always always been there. Um, yeah, but not just bad. But I think we had more. You know, we just played. Played all the time, eh? Played yeah. out at Starling Park and on the, on our own streets. Pretty, pretty and his boys playing 100 man touch oh, up there. Yeah. You know? I used to go to him, did you ever touch the ball? You got here probably twice. Yeah. <laughs> you get excited when it comes your way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gone again. Yeah. But those, are, those are the good days, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's funny when you look at Starling Park now, health. Yeah. You know, and that's what can potentially happen, exactly. you know? Because, uh, you know, besides the potholes back in the days, yeah, or, yeah. or the electric fence that was, you know, we on just the side hope there. That the people they bring in, you know, to rent out those homes, you know, you just hope that the families are, you know, good, good people. Yeah. And I know you, you, you will get the odd, odd bad ones coming through. I mean, Ibram Freeman had their, oh, they, they had a hard few years, eh, of, of like just riffraff coming through and. Thinking that they can have parties all night and yeah. you know doing burnouts up and down the street. But it's where you feel comfortable. Eh? Like, I've, I've I've built a lot of houses all over Auckland and 
West Auckland's pretty cruisy to work at, you know, and then North Shore, they're pretty nosy. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you get to used, you get really used to the people. Yeah. North Shore people are nosy, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, because of the islanders coming out to build the house <laughs> and everything. Oh, what's going on? You're going to steal something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's different. Like in Mission Bay, the last job, hey, they are yeah, quite friendly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, real friendly. They want to come in and say hello and talk to you and, yeah. and spot the dark ones on well, site. So. They, they, they probably got the plans. They probably, like, uh, I saw you put in free nails. It's supposed to be fine. Are you doing nails for a calendar? It's all the paperwork, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, man, I've eaten a lot of pies all over the place. Yeah. Man, oh. See, that should be, that could be your thing. Yeah. You could be the, the guy who rates pies, you know. You're, they could be a social media thing, eh? <laughs> the builder, the pie, yeah, yeah. The pie man, yeah. Oh, nice builder man. on the side. Hey. Well, you know, with that in mind, what's the best? Uh, where's the best pie that you've had? Because you know, it oh, like mate, can't, it's still just you know that uh, Palomino. Palomino, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I've, heard, pies, eh? I've heard that. Pretty pricey, but hey, they're nice pies there, man. Yeah, nice bakery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, South Auckland ones are pretty basic, but they're the cheapest. Yeah, yeah, no, but uh, pretty standard. Yeah, pretty standard. Yeah, pies are pretty The best place to get mockers, this guy should know all yeah. the all oh, those. Yeah. Well, it's tradies, man. Pies yeah, that's right. Coffee, yeah. Hey. It's, it was funny. I was I went and dropped my nephew after because he works down at um, the Maritime Museum down. So the because of the racing, he couldn't take his car in. Oh right, today. yes, yes. So he was like, "Oh, can you drop me off to work?" I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "You know." And I went back up, and there's like this outside cafe. And and there was all these guys standing outside a window, and they all had like Kyber's shirts on. Yep. And I was going, mate, I was going, these tradies must know where the coffee is. Yeah, I remember morning, thinking bro. that. <laughs> yeah. They're all standing around. And all the office people, you know, there's no office people. No. Oh, the boys probably, yeah, there's nothing like a nice mocker and a cigarette, you know. <laughs> I know guys who have one in the morning, one at smoker, one at lunch, one before they go home. Yeah. And that's all, that's $5 a, a coffee every time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's up there on spending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you add, add a um, to it. There's, um, <laughs> there's lots of cars where you get a free coffee every 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially when you go to a, a new place, you always got to check out the, the bakery <laughs> area. Yeah. Oh, it's bad when I work in South Auckland. Yeah. Because I check out all the island shops there and oh, yeah. you put on a couple of kgs if you work in South Auckland. <laughs> yeah. He comes home without it, he goes, oh, look, you know, this lady was making this or pudding or, you know, oh, I remember eating this and I was like, oh, oh man. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, in West Auckland, I mean, all the island shops in West Auckland, Kasten, the one in Henson uh, Valley Road. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, one I've been going to lately. That's lunch, mate. That's lunch yeah. for us, you know. Yeah. You can't go wrong with $6, $5 a meal. You can't buy that anywhere else. Yeah, you chop soy, you pick three or two, you know. Yeah. So yeah, there's some nice ones in West Auckland. Well, we need a, we need more, right? We, we need, need more of those island shops. We don't have as much as South. Auckland. South, yeah. Mm, the choice. Is it, so, is it probably just because of market? Like you know, oh. it's because there's so many islanders out there, and, and there's more. I mean, you can go variety. to the because they're closer even. to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's get off the plane and start cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Put a barbecue up inside the house. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's the one thing I miss about Samoa. The barbecues on the side of the road, man. We talked about. I think we had a few, uh, couple of other guests and we were just saying the barbecue in Samoa yeah. is, yeah. you know. I wish we, it's funny, you probably couldn't do anything here oh, because no. Osh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Health and Osh safety. And health and safety. You probably have to have like a yeah. food, food a grade. Rating. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But there was that one um, in Henderson, um, 
on the main road there. They yeah. bring their, they've got like a little island shop as yep. well, as a clothing shop, but they bring their barbecue out on a Friday yeah. and Saturday. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, I wonder yeah. how they're getting away with that Man. because, you know, they're close to the, you know, cars going I past. I was just thinking and, that too. Mm. Mm. Well, well, when I'm walking away with my free place that I already bought. <laughs> that was part of the things, you know, when we came out of level four lockdown and, you know, we're trying to get people to work. Mm. They could have, like, made a law where they just were lenient on that sort of thing. Mm. Do street barbecue, barbecue or something? Barbecue, yeah. Just yeah. to get some, you know? Some, yeah, because people, you know, going for walks and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, just yeah. a bit more, you know... One up from a lemonade stand, you know, a bit of a yeah. sausage sizzle on the side. Because yeah. people, yeah, people have got that, you know, love to work from home, do as much as they can, you know, keep that money all for themselves instead of having to pay tax. It's a tax man now, you know, you want to start a little side business, you got to pay something. Got to pay right? something, yeah. Back to the inner revenue, so yeah. nothing's for free nowadays, you know. So that's what happened to you? Because you got your little op shop going yeah, on. I got my op shop going on. Um, but yeah, no, because I don't do, I don't make um, over the threshold to be GST registered or uh, registered as a company, it's still like a, a hobby. So no, it's been great. We go to heaps of markets and <coughs> just meeting other people who love vintage clothing as much as myself. And I mean, this last weekend, um, I did a market out at... Uh, Kohimarama, and these two young boys, um, they sell NBA gears, and they're just rocking it. The beer, you know, they've got to be about 10, 19. Good salesman, you know, cute has got all the gears, and it's their dad who invested in them because their dad realised, hey, these are the, the gears I used to wear. You know, he goes, oh, man, these are real cool. So his dad goes, oh, okay. How if we get a whole, you know, get stuff off eBay or... Um, find it in op shops and you sell it, go to markets and sell it. And so they do. I mean, they must have made a killing on that weekend. Mm. You know, they had so many people come in. One, because they were cute. And two, they just knew how to price their stuff and what stuff they um, that people wanted. So, yeah, no, it's such a cool thing. I've always been in, in, in love with <coughs> that vintage and... How did that start? Like, you know, what what made you think, oh, this is what... Oh, I, th- I know you said you were in love with it, but to actually my dad's get out always there been and... a bit of a collector. So yeah. my you know, and I think I got that bug off him. So I used to like collect things when I was young. You know, you do the rubbers, you go through that phase, and do the, the cuddly dry. Did that phase, and then I know clothes. I've always had a love for clothes, especially the real quirky type ones. But I never had the confidence to wear them. Yeah. So I'd ha- I'd have them in my wardrobe, <laughs> and I think you know as you get older and you become a parent, you just realise oh, I don't really care what other people think. So I started wearing them, and everyone would go, man, that's real cool. You know, where'd you get that from? And I thought, you know, hmm. Because I used to go to vintage markets and be like, fine, I know I can get that cheaper somewhere else. You know, it may not be the exact same one, but I know I can get something like that. That look, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I, yeah, so I started getting it, and I didn't realise just how much stuff I had until he had to build me a cabin. (laughs) 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 And I took my stuff outside, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it's in the cabin, it's under the house, it's in his shed. It's in the bedrooms, and I just realised like I had like fifty of the same type of jackets, and I thought, man, maybe I, I I'll sell what I've got, keep the stuff I really really love, and sell the rest, and that can be my little. You either realise that, or you realise you got your problem. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but it's good now because now my daughter, my nieces will come through, you know, and they'll see this like, oh, can we can we have that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. But you've got to help me do the market and mm. your payment is you can come in and take what you want. Because that's... It's kind of, there's a bit of a resurgence at the it moment, is. eh? Yeah. All that vintage gear. It's funny because I see people wearing those Charlotte Hornets, the starter mm. gear yeah. and that, and I'm like, oh, no. I just held on to that. Yeah. yeah. And all those kind of old looking shirts. You know, and I'm yeah. like, it's, it's crazy how it's come full circle. Kind yeah. Of. I think everyone's into that recycle you know, mm. phase as well, like reuse, recycle, yeah. um, reinvent. Um, so, and it's just, it's the I think it's just the the like the way that the uh, that these kids are, are mm. growing up. Being you notice the difference between Nike and Adidas now. You know Adidas came through for a bit there. Yeah, now yeah. Nike's coming back. All the kids are wearing Nikes now. They yeah, all think uh-huh. yeah. You know, and Adidas of the old school Nikes, so yeah, the Cortez right. are coming back. In, yeah. you know. And, uh, and the Jordans just yeah. they're timeless. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, this one young boy he had a collection of Nike like shoes you can't get here. Yeah. You just can't. He he's been collecting them for a, a little. You know, he said a while. And I'm like, man, you got to be a whole fifteen. What's a while? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and he was yeah. People just buying them up, yeah. you know, because they know you can't get them here. You, you got to either order them from the states, but you know, not for the prices he was selling them for. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so all of a sudden people just love like oh, okay, like we we you weren't allowed plastic bags. We weren't allowed to have. Um, any item of yours that could be thrown away, like even your price tags, needed to be recyclable. Um, so they really pushed that. And I think we pushed that to that generation of people, like the growing up, reusing, recycle, you know, all their stuff. Yeah. So clothes is just like, they would say, no, we don't buy anything from the warehouse or yeah. Kmart, you know. Everything we, we buy is either op shop or second hand. And like, they look good too. That's, yeah. I mean, um, they wouldn't too. buy it if there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Doc Martens and yeah, oh, remember that that was our that was our standard like where the school stuff. I always you wanted know? a pair, and yeah. I finally got a pair last year. Oh, oh man, I almost <laughs> cried because I knew it. <laughs> my yeah. dad got me. Oh, I, I don't know. I think he got me Doc something else, but they yeah. weren't Doc Martens. I said, Oh yeah, they're black, are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the warehouse version. You know, yeah. the Jordashi, you want Jordan to get you Jordashi from <laughs> yeah, the yeah, warehouse. I, rem- I remember those. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah. Did you manage to get a hold of a pair of Kung Fu shoes? Of? The old Kung Fu shoes back in the day? Yes, I've got a pair. Oh, oh nice. The black with the brown set. Yeah, yeah. 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 size 11 pair. I'm just waiting. I, like, I showed my niece <laughs> the, and they oh. looked at me. Because I had them in every colour. Purple, pink, yeah. you know, yellow. I thought I was bad. Yeah. You wore that and I used to wear this just yellow jumper with Chinese writing on it and my kung fu shoes <laughs> and my jeans rolled up at the bottom. Oh, yeah. I thought I looked cool. But <laughs> I got a pair. I got a, I think I actually got a white pair and, a, and an original black pair as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, that is, that, that's, so, you know, besides going to the markets and that, are you on Trade Me? Are you, are you on Marketplace? Because that yeah. would be the place to be because I know there's yeah, I, a market for it. For I go the stuff Instagram because that's, that's, your target market marketplace are people who want something cheap yeah, you know they're not that. really look going on a marketplace to look they're, they're for trying vintage, to get a bargain yeah, eh? yeah but i do belong to some of the vintage um selling groups yeah so we can you know put stuff up in there but instagram's my main my main one um and just yeah people will like email hey i you know i bought this from you have you got well they give you their number if you get any more of this stuff and can you give like give me a call 
I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. And you have people, like, you get the most out of it. People will come up and be like, you know what, my my mum who just passed away and I've, I've got to get rid of all her clothes, can I come and give it to you? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, well, send me the photos of it, you know. And yeah. they're like, oh, it's just this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, nah, I'll take that. Because, you know, that, that stuff is like wool made in New Zealand and the made in New Zealand stuff, yeah, that flies out the, out the door. People want the ones that the old um, wool... You know, that pure wool that's been around the knitted jumpers, the um, anything made in New Zealand that will just, yeah, seem to sell that really well. Is there, you know, the thing, um, how we just talking about trying to bring around, we, we don't actually have something like that, eh? Like, we don't have a, mm. even like a market, like a, remember they try to do that market day on every Friday up where the um, cafe is yeah. and all that? Yeah. And I remember I went, I went up there with my younger brother. I didn't even know because the food, like I yeah. mm. smelled the food, and the food was good. But I thought, this, we could do so much better than mm. this, you know? Yeah. Mm. Why, don't, why, why, can't, why can't we all just get on board, you know? Yeah, because Swanson Train Station have their um, car boots uh, one, every first Sunday of the month. I mean, you can do that. You don't need to do it weekly because mm. it yeah. becomes a bit too much. That's right. You know, just, you know. But that um, sustainable living, they had that little uh Container at the front. Yeah. So they started trying to sell um, their products from there. They've moved down to Central Park Drive in a bigger shop now. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, we need we need something to keep bringing the community together, right? Eh? Yeah. We're all like yeah, farm not farmers market, mate. You know, farms around there anymore. But something that because there's that guy who goes around selling his puddings and yeah, the trolley. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen him for a while. No, true. He used to come over, but I think I think when my dad's worried him, that might be in a, <laughs> Might have been the turning point for us. <laughs> you know, you can only eat, eat so much pudding. You yeah. Know. Okay, man. We bought three of you yesterday. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We get the most. We still got, we've got about five in the fridge. Right? I know. He just comes around and doesn't yeah. even look. Hey, just walks out to you. You'll be driving. Walks yeah. out, stops, and you got to stop. And he's yeah. like, "You want to buy a pudding?" I'm like, "Mate, I'm just trying to get home." Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So I was trying. I'm trying my best for them, so but <laughs> you know. Yeah, but we had another random one. Um, I'm, she came around selling. Uh, oh, she was just walking up the street. And she came over. Do you want to buy some strawberries? I'm like, what the? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Strawberries, and then another one come down. Do you want to buy some biscuits? Oh, like, what the? I... <laughs> Dad, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's got no more fence in the front. I said, oh, you're, okay. You're open market. They're just coming over every time they see you outside. Yeah. So yeah, but now Ranui's got that. Got that going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's trying to hustle oh. these days. But yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen our pudding man. Yeah, because I always used to say to him, like my my dad would say to him, "Say so more like, where's the kikipuas, man? You know that's where the yeah. money's at." Yeah, you know. Oh, so I was putting. I was looking in there too and thinking, anything else? Yeah, thing? yeah. And my dad would always say, "Oh, have you got you know?" And it's not just this. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, custom pudding's good." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're trying our best to support you, yeah. you know, but, um, shucks, we'll, we'll get to the point where we're like trying to finish it off for lunch, mm. you know, in the evening. And, yeah. How many did this guys buy? Hey? How many did this guys oh, buy? Oh, because, you know, he'd always, he, you know, the thing is, he'd never have changed. Not yet. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, I've only got 20, oh, I haven't got anything else. Yeah. Like, That's a typical island. <laughs> you know, you like, oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, they 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 sweet they sweet. <laughs> I was 
<laughs> start feeling the pockets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, so doing a fuck or bucket. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, yeah. Well, he what? just takes it out and puts it down, and you're just like... Yeah, happy. yeah. Well, I didn't want to play four, but okay. Oh, well, I hope he's all right. Yeah. Because yeah, I haven't seen him in yeah, a while. I must admit, I haven't yeah, seen him yeah. in a while either, right? So I think we should just put out a yeah, thing. Yeah, a bit of a... Yeah, yeah. Just bring a call up, up again. Yeah, call hey. up. I will buy, I'll start, you know, it's close enough to Christmas <laughs> yeah. now. I'll just stock up with the, yeah. the, the pudding and, and custard for you. But and there's another young girl up there who sells seafood boils. Oh, man, it's nice. Yeah. She's just off childers, and she does that. So there's quite a few people that do um, like that side hustle at home. Yeah. Um, and you've got to. You know, I mean, you work all these hours and you get your pay, you're like, man. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. I'm sure I'm giving more to tax than what I'm taking home. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to find that something something else that, that can work, you know, that you can be in control of and work the hours that suits you. And sometimes, you know, just put things up on Instagram and it works out self. And what you have to do is mail it out to them or they can pick it up. So, so have you managed to... Clear some of the I have backlog there. I've got it organised so. into bins, and I've got it, you know, like in seasonal stuff, and got that that really that that made me happy. And I've taken more bags out of your mm. storage room because it was still still more in my storage. So taking it all out and chuck it in hers. Yeah, and I took a whole heap. Like there's stuff that I've had, um, and I think, oh yeah, I'll take it to the second hand shop. Then I thought, oh hang on. I'll go and take it to, you know, down the court to have people that I, I've known, quite a few who've gone into there. And I'm like, hey, I've got all these clothes. And you should see them come out. Yeah, yeah we'll take them. Oh, like, So I go awesome. up there, yeah, and just take stuff, jackets and and jumpers, stuff. For like, I'll look, I'm like, oh, I've got a whole heap of summer stuff. Yeah, I'll take it up to them. Just for the kids, you know. Even I've been and gone and got board games and stuff for the kids and that. I'm like, oh, yeah, and they're like, oh, but these are brand new. I was like, oh, no, no, the kids don't pay with it anymore. You, know, you guys can have it. And just yeah, just doing stuff for for others, I guess. Yeah. It's kinda of, it's kind of out of it. Like, you know, Dama Court's just behind us over here, but I remember going back there when um, they had Gingies there. You know, this that's the first place where you could go have lunch and then go have a swim straight sure. <laughs> straight up. But at least wait half an hour yeah. before you go. But I always yeah. you know, we'd go and then the, you know, my friends' kids would be swimming, yeah. you know, while we're eating. Well the the restaurant part Still had the table and chairs and all. It was like they just left they just, up and went. Yeah, like, like a... Oh. Yeah. So all that stuff was there, the accommodation side. Um, that's Asians where... probably got deported. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked like that. It looked like one day... It was like someone just, they just yeah. up and... Like they, yeah. you know, the movies they when said, you go through this yeah. old... Yeah. I Am Legend or something and went past and the... Yeah. the like the they said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the visa police are here. And yeah. it's like, get yeah. it. Or when you get con day and you go to collect your money and there's nothing there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, don't worry, we're going to get pick up the money. Yeah. Yeah, the door. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fans still spinning because they're there. how yeah. fast they yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, they've got, still got that big barbecue sitting in there. They wow. left all the chairs. Everything's still in yeah. there. I was just like, far out. Yeah, but they kind of redid up the accommodation side. Yeah. But, um yeah. But yeah, I've heard a few things about, I remember like, I think it was maybe last year, someone, there was a woman that was murdered or something. I went, mean, wait, I better, <laughs> who is a fact checker when you need one? I know someone that, this year. Oh, I oh, oh, well, I know. Yeah, because yeah, I know it was, I know before, I remember back in the days it was a, a legitimate yeah. hotel. Hey? Beautiful hotel. People would just go, 
out there, and, and now I know it's a lot of um, recovering addicts, yeah. and mm. that, that's where they go to. Yeah, they go there. There's like no homes for them, so they put them in there. But they still got to pay. I mean, you know, Wins comes to the party and pays a bit of it. Your taxpayers' money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they still got to pay the the other amount. But you know, I look at them like I, you know, I wouldn't even allow animals to live in those. To live in those. Damn. You know, and and, and I just look and I'm like, they put you here, they say, oh, yeah, at least you got a roof over your head, you're fine. But do they come back and ensure that, hey, yeah. oh, are you guys okay? I was just thinking that. I mean, like, how are you supposed to better yourself yeah. if mm. you're putting them back into this yeah. kind of situation that they're trying to get out? So, of course, they're going to try and, you know, if they get desperate enough, they're going to yeah. fall back into old habits yeah. or try something extreme. In the, you know, they've all got the same kind of mindset. Yeah. So... If, yeah, so they all, like, think the same and, you know, they've all come from that troubled past, you know, majority of them. And, yeah, so I'm just like, no, nah, go up there and take a few things up. Yeah, but it's good. Well, that's, oh, no, that's an awesome. I just didn't know it was that bad. I know it hurt. Mm. Wasn't one of the boys going to go stay there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember yeah. who. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, and I thought... But, you know, you was only going to go there because it was cheap. Oh. Right, yeah. Yeah. What was that? No, mate. No, unless, no, unless you're going to go help... Unless you're going to go help open up Kiki's in the middle. <laughs> 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 you're going to start a side hustle. <laughs> See, chopping it up. Like, you know... I don't know where you're going to get your meat from. Yeah. There better be meat too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but someone needed to do something with that. That'd be a good actual restaurant and stuff to open up yeah. again because. But, but I guess it would be people would be scared off because. Oh yeah. The surrounding like the. Yeah. Imagine going there, park up your car, come out, car gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's parked outside the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you described it? With, like it's like someone, someone up there sweeping it under the rug, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Put these people here. And yep. Pretty much. Let us. Yeah, mm. I mean, I went the when I did go there. Yeah. Every like nearly every second room is boarded up, like it, it just came through a hurricane. And I'm going to one of the ladies I know. That I went, why is it all boarded up? He goes, well, people getting that desperate during lockdown, they were coming back and going into the vacant rooms and staying, so they boarded it up, so people couldn't go in there. I said, but there's like five rooms here boarded up. That means there's five families that are living somewhere or looking for something that when they can. I mean, they just need to do up this place. You guys are... Maybe on the street. They just look miserable. Homeless, you know, yeah. The kids, they just play in that little courtyard and, you know... Oh, yeah. just... I didn't know that... The, the thing is, and this is probably how ignorant I am, I didn't know that there was actual families there. You know, oh, when you're yeah. saying that yeah. there's kids that playing in the courtyard, I just thought it was just, like, recovering... No. Um, and Alex, a, or, you know... You've got those with families. And you're mixing them with... Yeah. And then she was telling me, she goes, oh, yeah, they're actually thinking about bringing the elderly here. I said, oh, oh, oh my gosh. And so, yeah, so, you know, there is really no, I mean, you guys have got rules and regulations you guys must follow because no one wants to be out of pocket of money. And yet you've got these families here living with someone who could have been a drug addict or still is a drug addict or another one who, you know, you wouldn't, mental health problems. Where, where's the accountability for them? You know, it's just like, well, they're there. We'll just put them there and, you know. Out of sight, out of mind, at yeah. least. Well, you'd think, you'd, you'd, you'd think after, especially with that woman being murdered, you know, you'd think they'd probably try and 
Right, we'll clean, it, yeah. clean up. We'll clean up the act. We'll make sure there's it's safe for everybody. Stuff out, you know. Just you could you feel the pain in that when you just drive in there, you know. You know when you go somewhere, you know it feels oh man, you feel comfortable and it feels lovely, and that you just feel all the like they're just like looking at each other like oh here we go another day. Like she used to say to me, you know, these days where I just leave this place, get up in the morning, just leave because I just can't take it anymore. You know, waking up to these people. She's the owner. No, right. one of the persons who lived there oh. that I take the stuff to. She goes, I just go down and sit in Henderson. She goes, how stink is that? I can't even enjoy my home because it's so depressing to be there. She goes, but everyone feels like that. You know, and everyone's asking people for money and have you got food or have you got this for me, you know? So. It comes down to choices, eh? I mean, we all make choices, so. We all make bad ones, but mm. but you'd hope that the, we'd ha- would have a system where that even if you do make really bad mm. uh, bad decisions, that you'd still have a chance to still be That's brought right. up. You know, mm. there should still be a standard there. Yeah. You know? mm. And then I guess I, I, I it's I'm, it's opened my eyes because mm. I'm just I just thought like Dharma Court was just just a place where just people you know recovering addicts or people just went there. Because it was a just place to stay in that, but to know that there's families there and then it's boarded up and that you you'll have to, you have to go in there and actually give them give yeah. them clothes. Yeah, it's just stuff, yeah because like I just feel you know you got this stuff, just take it up there and yeah. you know no point holding on to it or taking it elsewhere. Yeah, but I mean like you, you guys are just so close. I mean, just what. Few doors down. Well, the, the old place, hey, you know, it's funny oh, how we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. You know, you used to stay there, and they've done exactly that. They've got three houses or three two-story houses over there now. You know. Oh, you mean the old place? Yeah, yeah. And it just there's like six townhouses going up there. Shucks, you know, six or nine, nine, I think. And look, it's a little cul-de-sac street, so where all these people going to park? Because you know, everyone's got more than one car these days. Yeah. So it's just going to be, I mean, your street is just going to be chocker. I mean, I mean, parking must be at a premium now when it's just you guys. <laughs> I was going to say that. No, there was apartment building went up in um, the main road with no car parking at all. Really? <laughs> no I saw, no, I, I heard them on the radio. And um, they said, well, um, the, the, the council had passed. They, they, as soon as they said, yep, they said it didn't matter. It, didn't matter. it doesn't bother them. Because they, the people people that were staying at the houses were just parking on side streets and that, and the residents, the locals were getting angry because it was taking their yeah. actual spots. But they they said, well, that's not our fault. The the the, the council's passed it, mm. so live with it, you know. Yeah. I also think it's part of that council campaign of trying to take cars away from the city. Yeah. yeah. Like they're putting Get one a whole lot of transport and bike lanes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We, no. When we had a meeting with uh, Phil Triford and mm. Glen Eden, uh, all those apartments up there, right by the main road, and I asked him the question. I said, oh, where's all of these people going to actually uh, go to? Uh, where are they going to park their car? And he goes, oh, there's car park underneath. I said, but when they come out of their houses, I said, it's a lot of people. Mm. He goes, well, that's why we're upgrading our, uh, you know, our trains, transport over here. And I'm thinking... It's going to be a lot of people in, their, in those apartments, and they're going to come out of there mm. into this uh, one lane, one, one road transport, yeah. yeah, and then all the cars are going to come oh, out of there right. too. Yeah. It's just going to be packed. And yeah. part of that is actually for Housing New Zealand 
families. And I was, I was going, when you think of housing New Zealand families, you think of kids, young kids, you know? Yeah. I was thinking, where are they going to play? Mm. You've got a cemetery on one side, a busy main road and train tracks. So where are these families, you know, where are these kids going to play? Yeah. I just, I don't, when they design these things, eh, and where they put them, they just think, oh, cool, square piece of land. Yeah. We could put a few homes up there, not actually taking in regard who's going to be going in there. How is the infrastructure going to handle um, such an influx of people in one little area? I mean, Glen Eden's busy as it is now. Exactly. Trying mm. to get in and out around that intersection. So you're going to channel all this traffic through, yep. and you've only got two. You've mm. only, you're either going to go to... Back through Tiaratu or through Avondale, yeah. or, you know, or New Lynn. Yeah, yeah it's going to so, be a lot of people coming far out. I, I didn't mm. even, I didn't know that. Mm. See, it makes sense if it's in town because the town, yeah. you know, of course, yeah, you can go outside and walk. Yeah, mm. but you mean think of town, you think of young, young person. You That's know, you're right. going to uni yeah. or yeah. going to work. Yeah. Or something you, you families wouldn't go in there. But yeah. then you got to drive places. Yeah, yeah, I know. But they were they're trying to um, get as encourage as many people using public transport. Um, using, you know, bikes and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, but one, make it affordable, um, you know, catching a, a train, like just going to Henderson and that, mm. when there's like four, almost four or five bucks, was one way. I heard the argument of, because um, they're building bike lanes all over South Auckland. Mm. And they were saying, oh, you can, I don't know, bikes, man. Oh, just... Like oh. I, I, I take my sister to work. I take her to. Um, she works in Carrington. Oh wow! So there's. So you know how they. Um, Carrington's got that crossing. So you're coming off the motorway, and you use it to go through Point Chev and that. Yeah. And I'm. I don't really say, but you know, I probably see about you know a few bikes in here and, and here and there. But how many? How many people do you need on bikes to make it worth mm, worth the amount of money? Sustainable? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and and that's what I'm thinking. Like, people are still going to use cars. You know. Like, yeah. You know, uh, very you much so. We, I mean, we love to be out. We're outdoors people, but mm. when we got to go to work, mate, we just want to go to work. That's we right. don't want to have to get on our bike. And I mean, there's some people that love it and call yeah. well on them, but I don't. I think they've kind of left it to, unless we can encourage the next generation yeah. to be bike riders. In Mission Bay, there, <laughs> I see a lot of bikies. There's all these families they, they're on their bike yeah but now I'm in South Auckland I don't see one person <laughs> on the bike but you can't it's so busy there right? Right. Yeah. You know, can you imagine so busy, a family yeah. of six or, or, or <laughs> mum and dad at the front yeah. of their bike and they're all their kids oh, that's right on. It's With just too washing, dangerous. Yeah. Washing over their shoulder. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but you know, it's because those people, those people in Mission Bay, they're going to go have a nice ice cream on oh, Mission yeah. Bay and come back. A nice view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're going to go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. the electric bikes. But the other thing is, I don't see heaps of bikes until the weekend. That's yeah. it. So, so, you know, the way, I know this sounds kind of sad, but it's more, those bike lanes are for the recreational bikers. Mm, they're not is. for the people that are using it to go to work in that. So, you know, because, you know, every, we went, uh, me and Danny, we went for a walk around Tristan. We came back onto the motorway. Mm. And, man, the amount of bikes, the group of bikes coming through, you know, and we're like, wow, oh, that's so cool. But I don't remember, I don't see groups of bikes coming through like that when, no. I'm, sitting, when I'm sitting on the Northwestern um, yeah. <laughs> Bailey for 40 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, any bikes coming yeah. through over here? No, 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 it's not like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of, I'm trying to figure out, when is it going to be sustainable? When mm. was it? 
because there's so much they're investing millions oh, into yeah. this bike lane oh. and oh. bus lanes. Mission Bay now, you know, yeah, trying to get it all blocked yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, I'm like, just to fit in one bike lane either side. I was just like, yeah. I mean, if the envisions everyone's riding bikes. <laughs> so yeah. you mean tell me every workplace is going to have a shower? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I was just thinking yeah. that. Oh, yeah. well, wait. Facilities, well, yeah. you'd, you'd hope every workplace has that yeah. anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> It'll only be the new builds that come up, you know, the ones just recently. But all those old buildings and yeah. stuff like that that are still there, you have to reconfigure somewhere to include showers and somewhere to store your bikes and... Yeah. And I... Oh, well, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for the environment and mm. all that, but I just guess mm. I don't know how you know how you expect to have all cars off the road or no. you know, yeah, and have everyone riding the bike with, yeah. you know. I mean, over the years they made it hard to drive a car in town. I mean, oh, they're doing yeah. they've I mean, really made it they're really, yeah, they're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. I remember back in the days when you used to drive to Queen Street, yeah, just to show off your car. Everyone mm. showing off their cars yeah. and that. Oh. But now it's like one lane. I know. Yeah. And I got, I had to go, I hadn't been in Queen Street in years, and I got caught out on that, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I got stuck on one lane street, I had to go all the way around again, come back down, and then Albert Street, and that was all blocked off, and I said, man. So it took, just to get to the bottom of Queen Street, I think I was going to House of Champions, uh, the rugby store, <laughs> just to get there, I think it took me like 40 minutes. Far out. And I was, just, oh, I was I was like, mate. Even K Road, they turn into one lanes in K Road. Yeah, they really don't want you to be driving around there. Eh? I think they envisage everyone walking, everyone using that new tram system they're going to be bringing out, biking. Yeah. So it's going to be a. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't see. I, I guess, and I, I'm sure the businesses brought it up. It's unfair to them because. How are they going to get their goods? And you know, their customers? How yeah, their customers. I, know. I, I mean, I, I mean, K Road must have lost out a lot of that, you know, people coming in just to shop. Yeah. Hoping that they've come in on the bus or, you know, or parked somewhere and walked up. Cause Cause you, you would have went there a lot because of these other op shops yeah. around there. Yeah, I, I, I used to go there quite a bit. I, I guess that was another, um, that was one area where, which drove me to love vintage clothes was going through all the op shops and the you know groovy records and stuff like that um but yeah now i wouldn't even i stay away from town town's the the least favorite place to go one because you're hard to get anywhere two i wouldn't even know which road to drive down to get to you know whether i'm going down a one way the wrong side so there's no parking no parking Like, uh, people, you know, there's people, but they're all there just to work. They're not there yeah. to, mm. you know. I feel sorry for the shops. I'm like, the, the, the shopkeepers are standing there, and you could have thousands of people walking past, mm. no one going in. Because yeah. the, the casual shopper stops. Yeah. You know, like, if you were going to treat yourself, you wouldn't want to go to, you know, if you're really looking for something, all the suburbs have these massive malls now. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'd rather go there because there's a chance that I'm going to find yep, a park. Yeah. And I don't all have to walk one. for 40 minutes yeah. to get everything, you know. Yeah. But I remember I remember back in the days, it used to be a, the highlight of my holidays. Yeah. was going to Queen Street or, or if I really movie. wanted some clothes, being going walking up to High Street yeah. and yeah. going to all the, the, the stores there now, you know. Yeah. I just wouldn't, could, even if I was a kid now, it's, it, does, it wouldn't appeal to me now yeah. because, like, the places down there, they're not made for, no. you know, to walk around and that kind of stuff. So, no, not, yeah, not very. Yeah. But I guess if if they if they close everything down, they force you into having to mm. do that, and you've got no other option. 
you know, you'll start riding your bike, I guess. <laughs> I won't. I'll just be like, oh, mate. <laughs> no way. You know, guys, like, speaking of public transport, the reason why you guys are here is to talk about your one year out campaign. Yeah. That's, it's been three years since the, the tragic accident. It, yeah, it has. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, I was thinking, because I, I was reading this book about um, the media in New Zealand mm. and how they had all these stories that were sort of lost but had big backgrounds and one of the and one of the things this book was saying was that a lot of a, a lot of the media jump on these stories yeah. right and then they and then it's finished it, yeah. and then they move on to the next story yeah but sometimes these stories still go on yeah like for example the um whole Ihu Matel thing oh yes yeah like, i mean that that's old news but that, it's not old news because no, it's still going it's still going right? yeah and it just reminded me of um why you guys are here because one year out still going yeah, you know? it um, will continue to go because we believe in it so much. Um, the in, the importance of of being mindful and aware of where you are and what you're doing. Um, you know, because I mean, keen. I mean, keen. Uh, everyone just think, well, he, you know, he was a teenage boy. He should know better than this to step out. And I said, but that wasn't what he was thinking of at the time. You know, Keenan was a very accomplished um, rugby player. To say he loved rugby is an understatement. He lived, breathed, everything. He We would find him outside kicking the ball, pretending that there was crowds of people cheering him on as he's kicking to win the scoring try. And he, he would play these these games out all the time, even, even since he was young. I mean, Prez was his first coach at Wider Matter. What year was that? What, what grade? Uh, under 11s. Under 11s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was a, a giant of a boy, or he had been the biggest kid in his class, but very gentle. Um, so we just got him into rugby because every other sport we try to get him in, you'll find him on the sideline talking to the trees or, you know. But once he picked up that rugby ball and he moved with it, he just fell in love with it and he became a really great player. Um. And he was very honest and very um, loving and giving of um, his his time, but of himself, like he was very true. Like you know, he would he could talk to anyone and talk the ears off, no matter who you were, from the cleaner to uh, I don't know, CEO of a company. He was just that type of person who would just you know that rare type of person where you just you felt like you knew him, and he knew you in five minutes of talking with them. So, I mean, that morning, um, I mean, just the night before, we actually, he, it was school holidays, and he wanted to sit down with us and talk about goals he wanted to accomplish throughout the year. And I remember sitting there on that couch, me, Prez, and Keenan, and I remember looking at him thinking, man, how cool is this? 16 years old, and he wants to sit there with his mum and dad to talk about the goals he wants to accomplish for the year. I thought, man, that's cool. And he'd been doing training for rugby, um, because their season had ended quite early because there was a mumps outbreak at Massey so quite a few of the boys were getting it and so they said oh no we can't have any more games of Massey because of that we don't want that you know, infecting other schools so that season cut short um, but he really wanted to make it into the first 15 again because they made the finals the year he first made it in and he loved that feeling uh, so he really wanted to make it in so he was training hard so he list of all the goals top 10 everything rugby and I was like son you know there's more you know you've got to do something well at school if you get injured what's going to happen he goes okay 
I'll make sure I do well in English. I said, okay, cool. At least you've got one academic one there. So he put that up and he had his whole training schedule. And then that Friday they got told they get to play Aurere. And so he's like, choice, first game of the season, this is going to be my hit out to see if I make first 15 again. So that was what was on his mind that Wednesday when he went to sleep. So um, a Thursday morning, I didn't know he had gone for a run. I thought he was still in his room because I knew he had training first 15, or oh well, pre-season training at 10 o'clock that morning. So I never knew he actually had gone out to do any type of running or anything, but it was because he had that goal of being better or better than he was the day before and wanting to be and play hard for that game on Friday, he wanted to go and do his extra training and he wanted to go on a longer run, so he had changed his route from his run. So that was all what he was, you know, in his head. So when he went out for his run, it was the distraction of his headphones because he loved his music. That kept him busy. That kept him motivated. The, the thought of, um, you know, the game that's coming up, how to prepare for it, what I need to do, that unfortunately he wasn't mindful of exactly where he was going and what he was about to do when he crossed those tracks. So um, from that devastating um, accident, we try to make some type of sense, like how, why, what happened, you know, what was possibly could have done this, you know, why did it happen to, to King? And um, we just found a lot of um, areas around the rail pedestrian um, crossings that could make it safer. And um, one was um, putting those automated gates in. And so we pushed hard. We really, um, I mean, my dad did all the research about these, because um, at the time it was only a maze. There were no lights, um, no bells. But there were lights, bells and arm barriers for the cars that were crossing. There were lights, arms and an automated gate 100 metres up from this level crossing he was, he was um, crossing at. So I'm thinking these all these safety factors available and yet they're only put in different areas where the flow of traffic is at its highest. So everyone crossed at this runway crossing but only some crossed at this one. A lot of cars crossed at that crossing, but only some, if you go further down where Corbin's were, there were really no arm barriers out there. So that's how they determine which got it. And I used to think that's not good enough mm-hmm. because that means you're putting, that that person's life is not as valuable as the one that does have the gates. Is that what you're saying? If people are still crossing at this crossing, you've got to make it safe. And so we met with Auckland Transport, um, and this was quite fast after, and I think we needed to. Um, we needed to ensure that no family, I wasn't going to read in the paper in the next couple of months or, or whenever that someone else has had an accident here because there has been a number of accidents at that level crossing prior to my son, and I wanted to ensure his one was the very last one. So we heard about a story of, this, of a mother who lost her son. Like He was just coming back. Um, home from school on his bike and unfortunately didn't hear the train or you know because they're thinking of other things Mm. these are young kids you know they've got so many things on their mind and um, he got hit so she was actually the one who who got the automated gates the very very first ones put in one in Silverstream in in Wellington 
the other two up here in Auckland, which was Sturgis Road and Ranui. So learning from that and how she did it, we were like, okay, we need to do, these were the processes. We met with Auckland Transport. We listened to them and they listened to us. And then um, when they said, oh, yeah, we, you know, we can get gates here, well, we just kept on sending emails and um, having our story put up by the New Zealand Herald about the accident um, was how the father in America, he started up this one year out campaign. He lost his daughter in a similar accident. She was wearing noise cancelling headphones. So, and she was coming, she was going to work and she got hit by a train and she had crossed there before. But unfortunately, she that day, you know, your your mind was elsewhere. I mean, we're human. That's what, you know, we're not always thinking about what we're doing or where we are. You know, we're always thinking about 100 million things we've got to do that day or next week or yesterday. Um, then unfortunately, we, we become distracted to what's happening around us and we have accidents. That's what humans, you know, as humans, we, we have accidents that we have no control over. And so he reached out to me and I did research on him to make sure it was legit and, you know, following through the stories and he shared his and I shared mine. I thought, you know what? That's something I want to be a part of because I see kids all the time walking out. You know, now I've become mindful of others on the roads because I'm dropping off my kids to school and I've seen these young kids just walk out. You know, I'll, I'll be driving, they just walk out, and it's not until they're like right in front of me and I'll, I've stopped that then they've stopped and they looked at me and they're like, oh, and they've run. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's so easy for accidents to happen like this because you're just, you're you're closed off, you're looking at your cell phone and everyone's got a cell phone now, you know? We're, we're, we're teaching our kids to bring devices to school to learn from Chromebooks at school at five years old. Bring your headphones, bring your Chromebooks. And we're instilling technology into them at such a young age. But we're, we're saying it's great, you know, which, which technology is great. You know, it helps us get my message across for one year out. Um, but we're not telling it. We were telling them about um, being safe, you know, cyberbullying, how to keep, make sure you, you know who you're talking to. But we're not telling them, hey, when you're out there, mm. put that away. Put your cell phone away. Take your headphones out because out, out there are cars. Out there is trains. Out there anything can happen. People, you know, I see young girls going for runs with headphones on and it could be 7 o'clock at night and they're running by themselves. You know, there's been people, young women who have been attacked. So we need to teach our kids just how to be safe while they're using their technology. And so that, with one year out and then working on um, rail safety, um, ensuring that more education in school, more programs in school, the safety is is it's spread across all pedestrian level crossings. And we won't stop till they're all gated. Auckland's got the the most pedestrian level crossings out of everywhere, but we won't we won't stop. And just in 2018, we were invited down to Glen Eden because Phil Twyford announced they were um, giving a 7.6 million dog um, push to put 20 more gates in. So between because of COVID, of course, there's been a little bit of a um, delay. Uh, delay on having the gates uh, push in, but they are like the, the start of it is in there, so Bruce McLaren will be getting one. I mean, if you've sat there at that mm. traffic and you've seen that train go past yeah. and the speed it goes at, and it's just open. And how close you stand between you and the train tracks is only a, what, what, what did we say, how many metres did you say it was? About 
just a metre and a half, wasn't it? A couple mm. of steps. About two steps. About two steps. Mm. And there is no, you know, with a car, the car can stop, the car can swerve a train. You have no chance. Mm. So, you know, we, we just be mindful of where you are, be aware. So um, now I go and work with Auckland Transport. They do a um, travel safety in high schools. So I go along as part of that and share one year out and um, rail safety with the kids. I mean, because around a lot of schools, there are many of the kids catch the trains. I find the trains easier to catch than buses. So it's been great. Um, but quite a few, you know, every time we, we seem to hit a wall, another opportunity opens up for us to get our message across, um, such as this. So we're really appreciative that, you know, we get to come on here and share this message with you guys and all your listeners. So, yeah, how about you? Mm. I mean, we, we found a massive um, opportunity to actually, oh, we looked into the train uh, pedestrian crossing real hard. And the first thing we noticed was the maze were actually designed wrong. And as you approach the maze, on the last turn, you actually, his back was turning that way and the train was coming that way. Yeah. So it was actually designed wrong because it actually should be turning that way and then straightened up. He was actually turning that way and then straightened up. They got oh. regulate I mean they've got a booklet of how these mazes should be installed and it's actually highlighted in the regulations when you're exiting the maze you must be facing towards Ford. the train. Yeah. Um this maze wasn't installed that way. So when we bought that um that up to them they were like well it's a regulation mm. it's not law and I'm like why have them then what's the point of that? like mm. he please put it like I've got regulation I must that's, follow oh, that's what I was just thinking of I mean you have to follow everything to yeah. a T mm. and but if you don't if it's not um, mm. set in stone that's what, where things like this can happen oh yeah I mean your whole site can get shut down until mm. you until you get that regulation you know you follow it and, it and it gets ticked off. I said, so we can go. And then we, we saw it was a number of different places and we're like, this is not on, you know. Oh, so that wasn't the only, that wasn't the only one. Stored. No. Yes. Oh. And there was another n- number, in fact, when we got there, there used to be flaks that used to um, be on the corridor, so on the outsides of the tracks. When we stood there, the flaks were so high you couldn't see unless you stepped out what was coming up so i so now they've cut the flax down because we were like hey this flax here i went yeah it's a good sound barrier you know to so the housing doesn't get that but you can't see i mean imagine a little five-year-old kid Mm -hmm. you know and you 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 must think who's your most um at risk vulnerable ones who's going to use this where are we are we next to a primary school who uses the trains or mainly students what are they doing at the time oh they're probably thinking of, well, what have I got? No, their, their phone becomes everything. Their connection to everybody, their calendar, their, you know, their um, their watch, their radio. So they're on this. So, okay, if they're not thinking about w- what they're about to do, how can we ensure or prevent accidents from happening? Because you can now, because these gates, had a gate been there? Had, a, had mm. the bells been there? Had the flax been cut down? You know, had he not been wearing his headphones, and, he, and we, like we, you don't know that. You, I never ever thought about headphones being a distraction. Mm.
you know, I thought, mate, whatever keeps you pumped up and make, keeps you on your, on your, on that track for wh- where you want to be and what you want to do, all for it. Now, mm. I, I still find it as a very high, high risk. You know, with all the safety and regulations that we work for at work, I approached that crossing, and the first time I approached that crossing, I stood there, and all you got in front of you is a sign that says, look both ways. And and then you got a massive train going about 80. That's like standing on the motorway and trying to cross the road. Oh, out. With no pedestrian crossing yeah. light to stop the traffic, mm. of, you know, the flow of traffic, mm. and just... Crossing fingers that you're going to get to the other side. Um, the number of near misses at pedestrian level crossings each year rises. You see the videos there eh, on YouTube? Yeah, oh. I was going to say yeah. that. You see so many, mm. and you yeah. think, why is there no, you know, no, there's no barrier? I know um, I lost uh, someone that I went to school with, a friend of mine, um, a couple of years ago. He was, his, he was the one that was at the, the Warriors game, oh. Renati. You know, wow. I went to school for him. Wow. Knew him well. He went and played rugby with mm. in France with Roger. So yeah, and you know that's the kind of thing. Like they're so preventable. Mm. You know, you know, people like his his uh, wife lost a husband. Yeah. His boys lost a father. You know, his, you know, people you, you lose a sibling. So it's just. I just think you know when I just hear about your story, I just you know it's heartbreaking because he was at the Warriors game, mate. Yeah, yeah. He went so back he, to the car. He went back right? to the car. You know, Did um, it, was he hearing impaired? Yeah, I, I know he was. Um, you know, I, I remember that at school he had, like had a slight like like he was impaired at school, but I didn't know. Um, I, I don't know the full story. Yeah. I just remember reading. I, re- I remember saying that something had happened on the Sunday. Yeah. And then straight away on Facebook, you know, someone put it up, and I knew straight away. You know, when they just said. And I'm thinking of you, Renati, and I knew, oh. And then just to hear that, you know, just to put the story together, you know, it was just him going back to get something from the kind and, and, and rushing back rushing to back. to the game. And you that, know? that's it. What people don't, like, like, people who don't understand such an accident, I'm actually thankful because it means I've never actually gone through it or had been affected by it. But I still want to educate them that it, it can it can happen. You know, it's so easy to happen. I mean, they're, and they're like, oh, how about if we put the gates in and people are still going to go through? I said, but they've made that conscious decision. Yeah. They've actually known that the train is coming. Coming, They've actually decided to push the, the, the uh, gate open and walk across. Yeah. These, these are the ones who, by whatever reason, unfortunately, just yeah, in a rush, um, there was a young girl, she was thinking of a doctor's appointment that she had to go to. You know, there's re- you know, we, we can't we can't a person can't stop himself from having an accident because unless there's safety procedures in place that can prevent such accidents. I mean, we've been down to Parliament, we've met um, you know ministers, um, and we we continue to go to Rail Safety Week, the um, launch of Rail Safety Week, um, not just to to let them know, you know, we. They help us and we help them, yeah. you know, because they need people, unfortunately, who've gone through such tragedy to help the, the government say, okay, we need to put this money there because yeah. these people are affected and then this is what can be done. So when they put the gates in, that would be great, but what we're actually wanting and which even um, Auckland Transport and everyone else wants is grade separation, which you don't even go anywhere near the tracks. So you either have a, like a bridge to go over 
and you know you get, they've got to think about that too like you know would a kid take the time to walk a minute down to walk up to walk over or they run across so there's all those all those factors before um, you can actually do it you know when you said before um, that they put in three of those those crossings how come only three like you said there's one down in um, was it Silverstream and there's only two up here and you would think that with all how dangerous like you go through Mount Albert you know you go through on your way to Eden Park you see like all these tracks South all open Auckland has the worst mm. ones mm. you so, know um, Auckland Transport and um, Kiwi Rail, they do ratings. Mm. So when there's that accident on the crossing, that's how they rate them. Yeah. So they say, oh, that's dangerous. So they put a, they do after. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do before. Yeah. And that's one of the most frustrating yeah. things that it, I found exactly. when, when we had meetings. I'm, I'm getting angry just mm. listening to it. Because yeah. mm. prevention is better than... Oh, totally. Yep. You know. Everyone knows that. Yeah, eh? exactly. Prevention is better than cure. Prevention is yeah. better than having... An accident. The, the last one... They did, before my son's accident, um, was actually at Mount Albert. They put the new um, grade separation where you, you cross over the tracks because of the young young man. He got off the train, went to cross over the tracks, got a text, and went to go answer it, and unfortunately didn't, didn't hear or see the train coming. Um, and so from there they were like, oh, uh, what can we do at this place? And then they mm. did it, put all the safety features in there, all the bells and whistles, great done something mm. that was it then they were going to do Keen's and see where Keen had his accident it wasn't even in the top 10 of ones to get a gate but because my son had his accident there they had to take one area that was in the top 10 out to put that one in and we said no we don't want that mm. not saying we don't want a gate there because we do but that means some family somewhere else is now you know is still being affected because they're off the list and they have to wait for the next lot of said so we've got to keep it keep it going keep keep pushing it so um we do that we we just yeah it's um a lot of people a lot of work i mean my dad's done an amazing amount of um research my mum gets right in there with her you know people that she knows to to um speak about it and we all share the one year out and i got a lot of um schools that I enjoy doing, and just as a family, and it's more because Keenan such a, I mean, we all say this about our children, but Keenan was that one who's just so unbelievably loving that he will definitely be on board if it happened to any of his family, any of his friends, anyone that you know within our community. Um, he would be like, you know, how else can we do it? Because he was always thinking of of others. And how he can do for others, um, and I used to feel sorry for him because I used to always think, oh, you know, poor boy, you know, these people take advantage of him. But no, I, we had um, young boys come to our door, eh, um, that leaving us letters and just saying how much Keen had helped. Mm. Like we we see him at the park talking to this boy, and this boy had a bit of a reputation. I would go, please don't, you know, don't take my son to the side and lead him into, you know, your little. And it was just the opposite. He had been kicked out of school and Keenan was encouraging him and saying, come to Massey. You come to Massey, I'll introduce you to the rugby boys. You know, come. So he did. Went back to school and he did He did so well that year. He went back and then Keenan's accident. So he came to our door with this beautiful letter about how Keen helped change his life around and now he's back into rugby. 
um, loved school, finished school, ace, you know, totally turned uh, turned around and 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 did all this wonderful stuff at school. And we had a number of people that shared that same exact story about King. So we thought, no, we we we, we need to do this. You know, we have the knowledge. We have researched it. We have learnt about it. We know what can be done. There's no point holding on to all that and waiting um, for, I don't know, something to happen or, or, or waiting for them to do it. If we can help push it, we we will when we continue to do so. Way. Mm. And the campaign for the um, the gates were the first thing. And then when they're out, it's just um, helping with the awareness of keeping it safe, you know, and, and making sure our whoever is aware that, hey, if you've got your headphones on, it's actually, you can't hear the train. And it's like, um, it's like walking blind, really. I mean, if you go out and have any eyes, you can't see. So if you can see and you can, you can't hear the train, it's it's an option taken out of your hands straight yeah. away. So one year out is actually a very important mission. Yeah. Just to throw it out there. To and people youth. get it, you know. Yeah. You say, when you say mm. one year out, they're like, oh, and I say, oh, headphones are like, you know what? And the stories they tell, especially young kids, mm. the stories they tell me like, I hear so many out of it stories by kids almost being hit by cars and that, and they're like, you know, because you know, I didn't hear it. And, and the, the noise cancelling one, so you're just totally oblivious to, and sound, um, hearing is actually your first, the most important sense because you hear something before you see it. Yeah. So, you know, you'll hear, um, I don't know, uh, sirens or something so it actually makes you want to lift your head up to see mm-hmm. hey what's going on you know and so um you don't hear the train i mean trains are quite quiet now because they're electric but you still hear the vibrations of it coming so it, it, you're automatically like oh yeah and no, a train must be coming even if there is no bells or or um lights there just having that awareness of of in in sound is very important and um you know you get the odd comment like i have got a deaf person I was like, yeah, well, deaf person knows that they're deaf, so they don't. Yeah. They rely on their sight, sight, so they're always making sure that they're looking around because they know they're deaf. It's not like they just walk around oblivious to everything and just hope for the best. So you know, you get those odd, um, really out of it comments and and stuff like that. But um, just that's just ignorance. Yeah, and know? it's just not knowing. And I yeah. and I'm I'm glad they don't know. It's because you know, because um, they haven't been affected, yeah. and I don't want them to. So. Yeah. If I keep in their face and, and, and talking about it and everyone talks about money and it's going to cost millions, I'm like, yeah, but um, if it saves a person's it's, life, yeah. Yeah, money well spent. Yeah. And they're like, well, who's going to pay for it? You know, are you? And I was like, well, I, I, I will put a portion of my tax money towards it, yeah. But we do the same for road safety. We do a lot for road safety, you know. But I see that's why you have controlled areas because they find that area unsafe. So they put a traffic light in or they put a roundabout in. They, you know, they control the situation to prevent accidents. This is what can be done at pedestrian level crossing to prevent accidents. Not just for the person, the pedestrian, for the driver of the train too. You know, my heart has, I've always thought about the driver. Often we haven't met, um, but I just think, you know, he just went out to work that day, going about doing his job. Uh, imagine how this has impacted and affected his life as well. So I, I always I always think of him, and I mentioned to AT staff, you know, let him know I'm, I'm, as a family think of him. And by no means do we ever blame him, you know, at all, because um, he's just doing his job. 
I mean, at the end of the day, it was an accident. No one is to blame, but it can be fixed. It's preventable. That's you know, it. It's, yeah. And then I guess, you know, the one thing I'm, I'm finding hard to grasp is the fact that people would question where's the money coming from. And, all. and I, I guess people, you know, some people are sceptical or, or like that, but I I can see the like the reason for your cause. And, and I've seen it with myself. You know, I've seen it myself. You see... If you're driving along and you can see a kid mm. in the distance, you like I purposely slow down because I know they're not paying attention. If I tell you how many times I've gone down Bahari Drive or I've gone down the back, you know, and I've seen kids, they're not, or just people, you know, they're not, like you said, they're not um, aware. You know, like you said, you're, if, once you're, you're covered your ears, you're taking away you, one of your most important senses besides sight. You yeah. Know? And and so I, I know, you know, personally, I've seen it. Mm. I've seen it happening. And then I just think, you know, like you said, we can slow down as drivers, mm. you know. And how many times have you walked past a, a driveway and a car's coming out and you'll, you know, I've had my head down. Because, you know, when I go walking and something and someone's beeping, I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there or I didn't hear you. Mm. And then just to think that the, the car has the option to stop, yeah. trains don't. No. Mm. You know? You get the all the other comments too. It's like, well, no, your fault. And I'm thinking, people don't go out, you know, wake up in the morning for, you know what, I might just go and walk across the train track because I think that that's something I want to do. I don't risk my life doing that. They're not thinking that. And that's why it's called an accident. Yeah. And it, those are the ones it's really hard to get through the reason why this needs to be done. Everyone thinks that people are just walking around all the time for going, okay, I'm going here. Oh, I'm walking past a train now. I'm going over the tracks now. People aren't thinking about about that. People, you know, we, we think about a thousand things in a day and whatever is in our head at that time becomes more important than anything else that we're doing. And I, when we're driving, there's been times, I mean, I know and that I've driven somewhere and then I've thought about something and then I realise, gee, when did, how, when did I get off the motorway? You know, it's like oh, far yeah, out. Yeah. You know, and that's just... It's second nature things that we do on a daily. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we just... It's that kind of like, we, we kind of slip into like an autopilot kind of thing. Exactly, you know? and that's yeah. exactly like, what And it's like called. you said, you've got so much running through your head. Like, you know, when you're sitting in traffic, you know, you just, you're going through the motions, and it is until yeah. someone either beeps or you... you're yeah. off, I'm, I'm, The car in front of me stopping, I better yeah. snap out of it, you know. So. It's the um, times as well, because, you know, when we were kids... We walked everywhere. Yeah. You know? We walked to school. Everyone mm. walked to school. These days, everyone drives to school. Drives, exactly. So kids aren't used to like walking in no, and busy they, streets. Because yeah. so, there's a lot more cars on the roads now. Yeah. See, from, from they had this thing from about, I think, 1990 to 2009, the most at risk were young kids because we were walking. Now that has shifted to um, like late teens early 20s, they're the most at-risk pedestrians now. They're most distracted. Most distracted mm. because they've got the headphones on, yeah. they've got their mobile devices, you know, and and everyone's going, well, my kid knows how to go left and right. I said, yeah, but how often does your kid walk to school now? Or yeah. do you go and drop them off at the front gate? Do you go pick them up? Do you walk up to them? So we, we didn't. So we learnt, okay, mate, I almost got hit by a car. I ain't going to do that again. Mm. So I know when I come here, I'm going to make sure I look both ways. You know, we, we tend to look after mm. ourselves where... You know, the generations coming up, we're giving you know the technology's just so easy to to get a get a hold of, yeah. and yeah, they're being 
it's not till they get to about high school before they're actually catching any forms of public transport. Mm. And by then, they haven't learnt how to... So I go through how to use those pedestrian gates. I go through, and I, I do that at primary schools so that they know when they come to a train station, you know, this is what you could do. Like, we had a talk, what happens if you kick a rugby ball, you know, playing with your friend, are you allowed to play with a rugby ball on the um, thing? Yeah. I said, oh, no, it's not safe. How do you kick the ball and it falls off into the tracks? Oh, we'll just run down and grab it. So they have no concept of that's the actually dangerous, dangerous yeah. because, you know, you can get hit, you're supposed to leave it, and they're like, oh, oh, why? And I was like, because the train could come. Oh, I can beat the train, or the train can stop. I say like, no, no. Yeah. So, you, so you've got to. So more, uh, I really push for more, especially at that level. We do travel wise, which is about walking and cycling to school. And I said, but if you're pushing for public transport, use of public transport, we need to actually push that message of how to use those safe, yeah. safely as well. How, how have you found the responses from the schools? Like when you go into the schools and you talk to the kids, are they? Do you feel like your message is getting across yeah, to them? They look at you. First, they look at you like, why do you want me to take my headphones out? And I was like, well, you tell me a story. Have you got any story? And they're like, oh, yeah. And the stories just get like more and more frightening. And they're like, oh, man. Teachers, straight away, yeah. love it. They're like, this is exactly what we've been trying to install into the children because they come through those, just like zombies, you know? No one knows. They're just following whoever is in front of them. They said that you know a train could come through or a plane or something that totally oblivious to what's happening. Just all just go and you know one one way until they hit pretty much the middle of the school and then they're like, oh, look up finally from probably when they've left home first time they've looked up and realised oh we're at school oh I've got to go this way. Um, so yeah, so that's been uh, a huge thing for them, just trying to get them to take off the headphones um, when they're out and about and just. You know, be just yeah, be aware of everything that's happening around you, so that it's been our message. You know, when you're out, when you're out and about, tune into your surroundings. So um, yeah, and it's, it's been a really mm. yeah. If I can get them, like I try and get them around intermediate, they'll be yeah. great. Because at the moment, I do high schools. So if I can get them to intermediate, because I find that they're the ones who's starting to wear the headphones. You know, listen to the music, especially you know, leading into high schools. If I can get them there, make it a habit, then. Then by the time they get to high school, it's like, oh, shit, no. Education is quite very important for our um, young ones. And the other thing that I know is every stop, the train actually don't stop every stop. So you've got an open pedestrian crossing here, but the train actually can just go right through it without stopping. Yeah. So um, you got this open area, and the kid could be standing there thinking, okay, it's going to slow down. Not necessarily. Yeah. Hey, they, they don't stop every stop. So, and that's the time table type of changes. Thing we need to start teaching the kids as well. And, yeah. and you know, she's she's doing that with Auckland Transport, which is um, and it was nice of Auckland Transport. We worked alongside them mm. uh, been, from the beginning. Been yeah, really, really great. Mm. We've been like Kiwi Rail board meetings, and there's an organisation called Track Safe, run by Megan Drayton. She's just amazing. She runs like programs online. She helps um, do Rail Safety Week. Um, she goes and talks to Auckland Transport about you know what are the updates, uh, where else do we need to put this funding into? Which they did a whole um, where it's a online like visualization of a railway and um, like navigate kids through this and obstacles that could be in their way. 
because um, you know you can't bring the kids down to the yeah, level yeah. crossing and, and hope for the you know, they'll follow the rules properly, so they have to do it in a, in a more um, um, better way. And again, this is where technology comes in. So it's all always be around, you know, mm. technology. Yeah. So we, and one year, it's it's like a message. It's not necessarily saying, saying do this. It's actually saying, hey, you're in danger. Um, to actually do this, you know, yeah. or be a lot more aware instead of just just doing taking one year out, you know. So one year out is like a, a word saying, "Hey, be careful." Yeah. Uh, so that everyone say, "Hey, be careful! You're actually in a very dangerous area, and there's traffic, there's train." Yeah. So it's like more a message more than saying just take one year out like that, you know. So, well, that's what we we're trying to. You know, work together with the Auckland Council because Auckland Council prefer to have both years out. Yeah, you know, which that, we do too. Which we yeah. we do, but we find that that yeah. a lot of kids find that like that's gonna a hard task. Yeah, you know, one to, to get them to take their headphones off at all. But so we thought, okay, if we do one year out, um, there have been some type of debate where that person's like, well, if you got one year out, that means they're only hearing part. Mm. Of of something, and I said, yeah, well, you'd rather hear part of it than mm. none of it. I'd rather have that if that will grab their attention and get them to look up. Mm. I mean, we will love for, it, for them to take it off. Like the message is at Pitching Level Crossing is take your headphones off, put your phones away, and we carry on that message. We just don't want it just at the pedestrian level. We want it like everywhere, to no. out and about. I was just thinking that because you know when it comes to, I guess it's trying to have that. Um, Installed and you know and grand mm. and grand in your head that especially like stuff like coming to pedestrian crossings, or any kind of crossing and and stuff like that. It's not about just taking it right off. It's about looking up yes. and being aware of your surroundings. Yeah, that's right. Because that's that's what you want it to go hand in hand. And I, I guess with kids like what well, you've got to try and tell the kid you don't just go like that. And yeah. all, you know you've got to go okay. Because I'm lifting this up, I'm going to lift my eyes up, mm. look around and go, okay, well, you know, because, you know, when we were growing up, we were taught those kind of things, you mm. know. You know, we were taught, like, how to cross the road properly. On, yeah. And because we used to walk everywhere, you know, yeah. and with less distraction. Yeah. And the only distraction was trying to find a, a cancer kick down the road, yeah. you know, where you're, where you're walking Or sitting there at the shop and see what they're going to buy and try and get over there before they <laughs> yeah. finished it. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I guess now with this, with technology, you know, as as great as it is, mm. it's also the biggest distraction. I mean, we all know about kids when they're at home, when they're on the iPads, on the yeah. computer, and, and, you know, they've always, like you said, they've got their head down. Yeah, yeah. So you turn off kinda, that internet, oh, yeah. they look at you. But you could be calling them 20 million times, not yeah. one, you know. But that's just the way that the world is moving. So we've got to move with that world, yeah. you know. We've got to ensure, okay, if this is what's happening with our kids or with, with people in general, um, you know, how, how, because these gates, I mean, look how long between the first gates that went in. I think oh, it must have been about 2000, late 2000s to where we are now. We've got another, we had 11 push in and then we've got another 20 going in. So, you know, from mm. 2000, yeah, mid to end of 2000s to what took about I mean, 2017, mm. a good 10 years before really any more work was there, but more trains were coming up yeah. onto the tracks, you know, quieter trains. We pushed the safety side real hard straight after Keen passed, and we even sent letters to the government, you know, the whole family did. And um, we went and saw Auckland Transport. We went and saw, what's that, um, 
national um, uh, Paula Bennett when Paula she Bennett. was um, mm. the local deputy oh, prime minister at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we went and saw her. I mean, she was at another engagement, yeah. so, so we thought, oh, this is a good time for us to be there too to have a chat with her. So it's just finding those ways of getting in front of the of of the people that can do something about it. And Linda Cooper. Linda Cooper was oh, yes. Linda Cooper's absolutely amazing. Yeah. She we had you know, she'd come and supported us when we lost King. And then she said, Is there anything I can do? And then we thought, Hey, yeah. yeah. So she came in on her day off on a sad day, her and um oh the Chatterton MP from Nash Alfred Narrow. Yeah. yeah. They both came down, bought bakery food. We sat there, we chatted, we 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 said, my dad came out with all his paperwork and said, hey, this, this, and this, and this. Who do we? Who can we talk to that you know that will help us get this? And she's <coughs> like, well, actually, I know some people at Auckland Transport, and just went from there, and mm. just continued like different companies. So now Auckland Transport actually helped me with resources, one year out with resources, so I can give out to kids. Um, let me know what schools we're going to be at. Include me um, and like when they've got rail safety things. Hey, we want to do this. Like, you remember when they did the wrapping of the trains? You know the um, pictures they do mm. painting on the side of the train. They've asked now like how can they incorporate one year out oh, message that's, on there? That's so yeah, awesome. or at the train. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think it's been a realization for everyone. Like, hey, we can we can use or we can help one another. Not use one another. We can help mm. one another. Because we're both coming at, at you know for the same reasons and that's safety, yeah. Um, yeah, and prevention and you know. I would love to walk up towards a pedestrian crossing or a train station and have massive one year out across there. Oh, it's just, it just yeah. means, I was just thinking yeah, that it just means a safety message yeah. to to whoever sees it, yeah. just to you know to it's be awake and that, yeah. hey, If you see it like it, it's great coming from us, but if you see it mm. reinforced yeah. by. The reason why you're sharing that message, you know, mm-hmm. I've even shared it with police people, and they're like, "Yeah, awesome," you know. And they said, "How else can we?" And talk? so they did actually a um, a test where they were wearing headphones and they had their back to the train. And there's a video of it, and they had to say to the cameraman when the train was coming, did not pick it up. Well, the train went right past them, and they got a heck of a fright. Oh, they did it about four times, didn't yes. get it once. And they were like, this is why this you is, have to take your yeah. headphones out. And, like, mm-hmm. and they were like right on the platform. So it wasn't like they were standing on the road or far away. Right on the platform as the train was going past, not once did they even hear the train. They're just like looking, like waiting, waiting, waiting. And the train goes past, like, what? So they could do it again. So that, that was a very powerful message. And every rail safety week, there's a new... Um, a new safety uh, message goes out. Like the other one was like, look, uh, look left, look right, look left again. The other one it was um, take your headphones out, you know, be aware to where you are. So we all, then I take that message and I <coughs> share it on the one year out platform and stuff like that. So we're all sharing the same message. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, you know, we all, if they, if track safe share something of importance of an accident or um, something they want to get a safety message, want to get across, I then share it and just so they know, oh, hey, you, you guys are all on the same um, page, which is cool. Who came off the one one ear out? Because it was, it's, it's like, you know how Presley was saying, like, because I can't wait for, like, to walk up to a crossing and see that sign because I know 
besides it being catchy, I know straight away what it means. Like, you know, when we hear, remember back in the days when Ronald McDonald said, make it click. Mm. It's so, so simple, but you know, you know, you know, it's, it's ingrained in the end, like, you know, you do it every day, make it, you know. So it's, you know, you I mean, make it click was a catchphrase. It was. Yeah. There's no reason why one year out should be a catchphrase exactly. as well. Well, that should be, you know? because you know what, make it, you know, they say, you know, you, you think of the little jingle, you know. Yeah. But you know, you know what, you know what it is. It's a safety thing, yeah. and 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 you say it all the time. Hey, make it click. Or, you know, put put that thing in. Just like one one year out is like you know when 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 you see that sign, you go, that's right. I'm I must be coming up to yeah. a, a train crossing. So yeah. hey, take it out have and make look. it that habit. Yeah, and that's what I want it to be. Just like when you ride a bike, you know, you're supposed to put your helmet on. That's Why right. yeah. keep you safe? Yeah, you get in a car, put your seatbelt on. Why keep you safe? Yeah, when you're out and about. One ear out. Yeah, because you're vulnerable. Safe, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, besides, when you're in a car, you know, you've, you've got that kind of, you do kind of have protection, like yeah. you have the safe. But when you're walking out there, you don't. Yeah. Anything can. Happen. Anything can happen, and 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 things can happen, and that's just that people, you know, we we, we never think anything's going to happen to us or anything bad's going to happen to anyone that we love. You know, that only happens to other people. It happened to us, so, you know, and. It, I'm not saying that it shouldn't have happened to us. I didn't want it to happen to us, not to, you know, to our beautiful king. Now we can do something. We It has happened to us. We're processing it. We know what can be done to ensure it doesn't happen to anyone else, and that's the driving force. That and seeing these kids just stepping out, you know, because they don't know, they don't haven't realised that, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to cross the road, I'm just, you know, they were listening to music at the time or they are in a rush at the time or, you know, got other things on their mind at the time. It can happen to anybody, but we just don't want it to happen again. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned before, like, how you got into the politics of it all. There was a little bit of uh, priorities here and there, mm. you know. Because to me, I'm thinking, man, why don't you just spend the money and get over and done with, you know? I guess what they would love is have an endless supply of money where they can yeah. do it. But because they don't get the, you know, when they do the budget, they have to put, you know, allocate money in certain areas. That was the reason why they had to do a um, a risk, like pretty much a risk, like how many, how many points is this risk at and and stuff like that. And um, accidents, of course, go to the top of the list, accidents and fatalities, hence why Mount Albert was done and then... Mm. Um, my son, where my son. Because it's quite expensive, apparently. So it's close to a mill just to set up gates, mm. and it it has to work with the train lights and the arm all together. So it's all um, on sensors yeah, and, and all computerized. Yeah, and, computerized and, and, and yeah, a so lot of maintenance to keep you know because people people have disregarded them and just push it open. Yeah. There's another more factors that you can. No, now the sensor could be out of whack. There's been times where I've had to ring up, um, there's an 0800 number there, I think it's an Auckland Transport 0800 number, where a person has, because there's a, if you are stuck, say you've gone through the bells and that have gone off and the gates have closed and you find you're stuck in the on, on the tracks, you know, don't panic because there's a door that you can manually open. Mm. Well, I've seen a number of people who have, but, who have opened that gate and left it open so now that defeats the purpose of having a, an automated gate because now people think, oh, I'll just yeah. go through here. So I've had to ring up for that, and that is because the spring on the gate that closes Lash. it behind yeah. you has is not as faulty. So, yeah, so we've still gone out and, and, and seen, oh, okay, my, my, 
my dad, he's been um, awesome. He'll go out when they're installing gates, like he, he knows when they're about to install it. He'll go out and take photos of the workmen and the progress that they've done. And um, he'll go back, like, when they've finished and to ensure that, yeah, everything's working the way it's supposed to be working and, and continues to do that, like, randomly goes on a different day. And he can travel all over Auckland um, doing it to the gates that have been installed, which has been awesome because, yeah, uh, and I just send an email across if we found something just to let them know, hey, they're still important to us. Just because you've put these gates in here um, doesn't mean it becomes, you know, oh, well, cool. It, it's still very important to us. Yeah. That's awesome that, um, that your father, because he's doing it out of his own time, because like you said, like they could just go, we've done, we've ticked it off now, you know, could you... They could go, okay, we've ticked off, don't worry about it, you know. But it's good that he's actually following up because, I mean, I guess that, that mentality of, well, you know, we've crossed that bridge, you know, don't worry about it now because you've asked us to do it, we've done it, you know. If you don't hold them accountable, there's going to be another, you know, preventable you know, casualty, you know. And yeah, I remember when we had the gates installed and we all invited us, uh, Auckland Transport invited us to come down and when... Before we get them activated, I said to them, oh, this is a, a great beginning, but we want the whole of New Zealand to be done. And, um, you know, the guys were there, and they, they got the message that we weren't just talking about Ranui. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's great that it starts at Ranui, yeah. but we needed everywhere else to be safe because when I first looked at the, our uh, rails, it's totally up, not up to standard for safety. You know, there's the, the regulations on the building site is really strict. And then you come to our rails, Kiwi rails, and it's just these open areas everywhere. But the most important parts are that where the pedestrians and where uh, residential people are actually living because that's where the traffic is quite high. And, and if we focus on those areas first um, and fix those, you know, the risk comes down to... Uh, to a low risk instead of a high risk, you know. And so, and that's one of our aims was getting those gates installed to bring that risk down. Yeah. Instead like, of the first thing you think, like, oh, hang on, they're building homes over here. Mm. Homes mean people. People means families. There's a pedestrian level crossing here. Now we've got them in short. This becomes from the low risk it was because it had limited traffic, foot traffic, to now a high risk because yeah. you've got a whole um, residential area that's been built up. I just, yeah, so you just wait and you're like, okay, I'm talking about the one by O'Neill's there. Um, they've built up that whole bit of land. and people, Now, people are using that O'Neill's one to get onto Swanson Road quite a lot mm. now, whereas before you might have the odd, you know, couple yeah. people. Now it's been used on a daily. And I said, now that risk, hopefully there's someone out there who comes around every month and say, hey, risk for this has changed. Mm -hmm. It was a three last time, now it's at a nine because, you know, the, the amount of people that go through. And so that's, that's got why no we, gates. yeah, that's got no gates, and so that's an email that we send across. Oh, hey, you know, you, know, you get a reply, but you get a, you know, a polite reply back, and you wait a little while, and then you, you send another email. Oh, hey, you know, what's the update of that? Of the gates that have been, um, you know, you said we're going to go into here, blah blah blah, and you, just because you, you need to at times, you know, yeah. you do need to do that, and we just yeah. Yeah, I mean the great thing about it is Auckland Transport Kiwi Rail. They know who we are because mm -hmm. we've, we've been right on their front door, you know, knocking on the door. So 
and they know that um, if there's any more accidents, we'll be right there with, you know. Because even the layout you know. for, I mean, the recent one with the, a car got hit um, and everyone was going, oh, well, stupid car didn't look. And then it wasn't until an actual, I think it was a local of the area said, no, you, have you ever been to the layout of that um, crossing? You, you don't see the train to the last minute. So unless you know, um, you know, or a regular of, the, of going over those tracks there, then you know oh, where to stop. Or, you know, this car just went across, didn't even know that the train had come and hit the side of him. He was lucky to survive, very shaken up. But that's just another thing. Layout of some of these. I mean, if you've ever gone down to Tauranga and you've mm-hmm. gone, you, sometimes you're on a hundred stretch of road, and the next minute it'd be like, oh, train tracks. So you've mm-hmm. got to slow down from a hundred mm-hmm. down to almost a complete stop, mm-hmm. go over, and then go a hundred again. Now, if you've got someone up your up your, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you've got no time to stop slowly. You, you probably might drop down to about 50 or 40, but even that's too fast to go over train tracks. The safety fact is the regulations and the rules on pedestrian crossing and tracks are all different because every corner or every street is different. So there's no certain measurements from a danger point to... One says 3.6 and then all of a sudden the other one says a metre. So it's not like the building industry where you've got a regulation that you work to. Um, these guys, they have recommendations. Recommendations. They don't have rules. Yeah. So That's their, that's their favourite. We've got we're, yeah, we're recommended yeah, so. to do it that way, but we found yeah. actually no, they won't work. Mm. So we're going to do it this other way. And I said, yeah, but now you've made it, what well, you've made it yeah, accessible to cross over, but have you made it safe? Mm. Was that number one on the list of... Before of install, installing this thing, no, it was can we put it here because people are going to cross the track? Yeah. It seems well, to be can that. We just tick this box, mm. but we, you yeah. know, we still haven't covered everything because we're not. It's not totally safe, you know. It's no, and that's the most frustrating thing about it. When when we looked into it, is um, there was actually no law on their standards. Um, so, and you learn not to argue with them or, or mm-hmm. go against them because our main thing is just to fix it um, to work with them and, and and getting some gates and so you know everyone's safe and mm. uh, is that part of you guys battle as well to make those changes even though they make, make a part of the campaign it was but um, we found that uh, it's you got to go to the top to to make those changes and and we're trying to find out who's actually at the top because um, we don't know who Maybe. that person is. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it's still part of what we find important mm. to ensure if you've got these recommendations that they go from recommendations to actually law yeah. that you have to abide by it because we've had engineers and all these people come down to say this is the best way of putting it in and the safest way for pedestrians. Mm. Um, but that could be an ongoing thing, and in the meantime, no gates will be installed. So if we just concentrate getting these gates in, once they're in, then we'll go back yeah. and you know go back and say, hey, mm. um, by the way, can you actually make this part of mm. law or something that they have to abide by? Otherwise, they can get fined or you know yeah, blah, blah blah. To me, the reason why they don't make it law is because if you make this law and they don't do it properly, someone actually can take them to court. 
so they make a recommendation in more than law. If you say to somebody, this hand round has to be a metre, and Kiwi Rao doing an 800, you can actually take them to court for it if someone passes away there. So mm. that's the frustrating part of uh, the whole scenario is I've actually found out there's no law to the safety of our rails. And I guess because every crossing is different. Yeah. yeah. Not You're not going to have the same rule on one crossing no. than another no. crossing. So it's mm. a bit complicated to, to make, make something in law. Yeah, mm. to say like, it has yeah. to be this one. Oh. But if you've got this, then you've always got to have like a little bit of a bylaw or a little bit mm. of, of a um, uh, a note in there to say, but if it's only so many metres from the road or from the traffic or this and that, then it mm. can be this one. So it does get a bit, mm. So yeah. we, we found that, hey, installing gates. automatic gates is the best thing yeah. to do yeah. in that area. And until they can actually mm. get where people don't even get to cross, touch the tracks at all. We went as far as looking overseas and what they do overseas. Mm. And you look in Japan, all these walls pop up when the train comes. You know, um, that's millions of dollars. So we're nowhere near that, you know. Yeah. So oh, We're still outside. These yeah. are all underground type of mm. um, scenarios. So they're not actually crossing the tracks. The only time they're near them is mm. when they go into the subway. Yeah. So they have all these um, glass like barriers mm. to stop you from anyone from getting from close to the danger. train and will only drop once the train stops uh so yeah because our so open i'm you know even look so we had to look at our neighbors in, in melbourne and what they did and how they could um um made it, make it safe and they realized they were like doing over overhead ones and putting all different um putting the gates and that's where we saw the gates and uh they're trying to make way of it and putting those um, like those tram systems that they're trying to do at the bottom of town. Yeah. Even that needs to be looked at because, mm. you know, people are still walking around there. Mm. But at least they can stop. They're not going as fast, but we'll see how that um, how that um, goes. Mm. How is the system in Melbourne? Because I've, I've been to Melbourne a few times, and I know that they use the, um, the trains way more than we do. Yeah. Um, like they use it to go out to the suburbs. I remember my brother um, and his family were staying in Melbourne, and he would catch the train to town and back. Yeah. And so are we, is there anything that you can take from Melbourne that they do that we can implement here? I think all we could take was was their pedestrian, their gates, because there's no way we, we don't have the um, the way of building it up where it goes above everything. Um, there's just no way. I mean, towns, there's limited space in there at the moment. Everything has to be at ground level. Um we haven't got the room uh, for where our trains are uh, travelling. Mm. We haven't got the room to actually make it uh, any safer or uh, going over the top. So, um, yeah, that's, I think, the area we got is we're, we're cramped in. And, yeah, all we got is a rail there with a couple of uh, handrails along the side, you know. So, um, so the safety part of it is real tiny, you know. That's that's the, the issue is... Um, we've got this rail in the mid- in the middle of a residential area, and it's travelling at eighty kilometres an hour, and all we're relying on is a little bar across the two sides. Yeah, a bar and a sign. Yeah. So. Um, and I see babies walking across there, you know, especially when it's raining, mm. and they've got their bags over their heads, you know, to block them from the rain. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, these poor, you know, five, six-year-olds, and they're just crossing these tracks. And I'm like, shit. So, yeah, 
that, that motivates you, you know, when you see them, people that are still using their, but uh, that use the gates and the gates are put in place. And you see them, you know, sometimes we drive past and I see them standing behind them and I'm like, yay, you know, they're, they're safe where they are until that train goes past. So that's been, a, that's, um, it's good to see that. How, how big is one of you out around the world? Not very big. See, we have a, when I speak to this um, man, he's been, he tries to, he lived in Colorado. So um, he has been on the local news and that there, but trying to get it nationally recognised has been huge for him, you know, well, that's America. Um, So what I've done here and the reach that I've got here in New Zealand has been hugely much bigger than what um, he ever anticipated to saw, you know, New Zealand little. But he hears a lot of what a one year out here um, than what he does. So we're just trying to get it. See, Australia have these other ones where they're talking about keeping your headphones up, but they do a, a different type of campaign. They do it more in your face where they have a person actually lying on the ground with, with headphones dripping with blood and stuff like that and saying, you know, no... Uh, someone like your headphones out or risk your life, you know, really, really vivid. So, um, we, yeah, he's trying. He's trying to get it um, more recognised. He's hoping, like, the likes of, like, Alan DeGeneres or someone picks it up and takes it nationally or even worldwide, as she does with a lot of things that she has on her show. Um, our one's just been, yeah, local as well, newspapers and radios and... Um, Herald will come back and do a follow-up, which has been cool, you know, because I see the progress that Auckland Transport will announce, hey, another gate's been put in, so they'll come back and do a follow-up story, mm-hmm. and we talk about that. But um, I'd love for it to be more um, as part of everyone's safety campaign mm-hmm. um, when travelling, um, like they do with TravelWise, they have, um, they talk about, you know, getting to school and that safely so I love it to be more like as part of your whole um, travel um, program safety education program yeah because I was just thinking about um, the obstacles you guys face with with your campaign here and just wondering if you like share ideas with the ones overseas and and they come up with their their obstacles and oh we have their, these kind of rules here and yeah. We have, you know, it's not too many campaigns, eh? Like, um, I know that guy in America that started it all, he's he started it all, and then we sort of uh join in. Um, in Australia, they've they got, do their own one, got their, they've own got their own little on, on the same same message. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really ran into no. Too many obstacles over here, and it's site safe new um, train track, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. track safe. They track safe, really yeah. embrace it, and yeah, I think a lot of people have been very receptive and very um, encouraging of it too, mm. and wanting it to be um, shared a lot. So when I post something, track safe will come be like comment and share it at times as well. Which has been cool. and Auckland Transport Auckland has Transport. been yeah. massive because massive, now that yeah. you're and we're bored with them mm. um, quite a bit now, so we do more schools. So yeah, no, it's been quite well received, which is great because um, yeah, it's important. Yeah. 
it's interesting how um you were saying before uh, you know these, these are things you don't really think about like like we said like hearing is a big important mm. and the the noise cancelling earphones they just take that right out mm. you know and it's one of our instincts that we need to survive you know <laughs> and <laughs> and technology you know because how often have you gone, you know, you've done something and someone's beeped the horn and it's like, oh, look up straight away. Oh, what's happening over there? Mm. Um, yeah. To have that taken away and, you know, there's noise cancelling ones, those are... Yeah, well, I'm just thinking, like, it's technology that's taken it away. Mm. So I think the solution has to be technology. Yeah. Yeah. And... Because it was a young man, a young boy, actually, he wanted to come up with an app. Like mm. if you are wearing headphones and you are approaching train tracks or such areas, um, it shuts off. Exactly. So or you know, tra- or train yeah, could do see, that. Yeah. See, Japan were trialing that out as well. Um, so that's something that's been looked at. You know, could still technology wise. So he's trying to come up with an app as well because um, uh, he actually mentioned Keen and found that somewhat of an inspiration as well to do that because um, he has lots of friends himself wear headphones. They thought, you know, wouldn't that make sense? You know, your your phone can sense that you're near tracks, shuts shut off. Down, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or when the bells ring off, you know, something similar. Um, yeah, and there's a number of, like, I would really love for someone of, um, you know, because you see All Blacks all the time with headphones and promoting headphones. I would love for them to actually come on board and be like, hey, you know, yeah, we do wear headphones, but we're in a safe environment yeah. where we are using them. You know, we're in the gym, we're in, you know, walking, we're in the bus, we're in that. But when we're out and about, we actually take them off. You know, imagine the kids that go up and you know, they, like, we all idolise in the All Black. Um, see that and help that message, drive that message through. Cause some of these kids want, the, the, you know, the latest headphones that whatever their, their sports idol or who, whoever they idolise are wearing. Um, so I would love for someone of that, um, someone like that to come on board and be like, hey, you know, we support when you're out, when you're out and about, you know, keep yourself safe. So I know. Yeah. We had Ronald McDonald doing the make a click, we can have yeah. all back doing the hey, one year. Exactly. Know? You know, you get the police on board, you get the, you know, a sports hero on board because it's, it's something that when you actually do hear and you're like, oh, yeah, you know what, yeah, that makes perfect sense, you know. And a number of parents will be like, yeah, I, I tell my kids now, you know, because I just see them all the time and I, I wouldn't even know that headphones would have been a distraction. I just thought, cool, you know. And I was like, yeah, same. Didn't know. So. Yeah, the, the one of the messages I sent to Auckland Transport and Kiri Rail was when I stood up to do one of my uh, talk was uh, distraction is is very dangerous and it cost it the life of our boy, but distraction should not have cost his life, you know. Prevention should, should have saved it. And that was the message to them to make sure that everything was safe. You know, and, and if we all work together, you know, we can keep other kids safe. So that was uh, one of my main messages I wanted to send them. Because we've we've done a few speeches on on rail safety weekly, and and the hardest it is, you you stand up and and we give everything that you you know you got in your heart to to get your message across. So and that was one of the uh, the message I wanted to send them was 
it shouldn't have cost our, our boy uh, uh, his life distraction, you know. Um, the safety should have been in there from the beginning. Um, we have taken um, responsibility. and um, My son paid the ultimate um, price, you know. We, have, we, we do take um, responsibility of him being, of wearing headphones, hence why we, you know, start, we'll, we'll spread the One Year Out campaign. Um, but we also have to have some type of, um, you know, these organisations also have a responsibility as well. Of if you're going to create a, an area where you know people are going to walk across, you've got to make it as safe. So there is no near misses, there is no fatalities, there is no accidents. Um, so that's what we all do together. Uh, I think we've all come to realise that's the thing we all want to work on together, which has been, yeah, been a journey. And, yeah, I don't think we're a, a journey that we will not be part of anytime soon, I guess. Eh? We'll just keep on going with it. And we're still as passionate about it as what we were the day of the accident. Mm. And let's, uh, I, I, I just want to say how... Um inspired, you know, I am, and I'm sure campus, just to see how strong that you have come through this, because, I mean, that is a pretty um, traumatic thing to do, and I guess for you to respond, some people would respond by just not doing anything and and, and blaming other th- people and that, and for you to go and be proactive to make sure that this never happens again, I think is something that I find inspirational, and, you know, and to used to, you know, used to, amazing People and, and I know that in years to come, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to be walking to the train station and I'll know, I'll, you know, I can't wait to see that sign up as well. Because I know, because when I see it, I know I'll be thinking of you too, but I'll also be thinking of your son, you know, and I know that, you know, you know, that it wasn't in vain. Like, unfortunately, you know, you know, he has, you know, the tragedy has, is going to save more lives to come because that's all it is now, you know. I mean, I know that for you too, is to, to make sure that you know no one has to experience yeah. the pain that used to yeah. you know yeah and I I, I, I guess that I don't know what kind of you know how painful that is but you know that's a used to man you know thank, thank you, you know, awesome thank you for your efforts and, and just you know can't wait you know I know us boys you know we're gonna back you all the way so awesome you know but that was it I mean we couldn't continue doing this if we didn't have you know people like yourselves who support us who want to help spread the message as well. So we thank you guys. You know, it's been a huge um, team effort of people, you know, people that from all walks of life, but we're all coming together. And, um, yeah, so thanks, Cam and, and Isaiah, for allowing us to come on here and help spread and share this message with everybody. Mm. Really appreciative of that. I think the other thing I've learned from these two men is – just keep pushing because you know it sounds like you've you know like you said you've had wars come up and and, and skip you know a lot of skeptical people but you just got to keep pushing through and I guess man I, that perseverance and knowing that yeah. man our message the message is stronger than what you use yeah. you know believe in it if yeah. you believe in something so much and you know it can be a difference um, then yeah it it, it makes its own self heard. Yeah. You know, you can you just keep on um, going with it. And my grandfather, um, Dennis Hanson, amazing, amazing man, always there with the community, always said, be the squeaky wheel. 
you know, everyone always wants to to maintain the squeaky wheel. So if you continue being that squeaky wheel, they'll always come and see, oh, what's the problem? What you know what's going on? So, you know, but you be a be a polite squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we've done quite and, and it's been great. I mean we've had I mean full twice twice or a Westie, we had Phil Goff, uh, another Westie, you know, so we've had these great West Auckland people, Linda Cooper, um, great West Auckland representatives helping us, um, and just being amazing with us. Um, and hasn't been out of pity, and that's what we've, you know, that's been the best, and they haven't done it because they pity us, and they'd be like, oh, if we do this or everything will be okay. It was like, you know what, we can work together and we can ensure that it will be done, and they've kept their word, and we've kept their, our word about continuing to do this. And But no, we, yeah, it's because we get to come onto platforms like this, and it's someone that you wouldn't even think of would be listening and be like, hey, I could possibly put this person, you know, cut me with this one or press in touch with this person and you mm. just the connections are made and then you realise, mate, you're at the beehive. And what really teaches you too is no one's higher than the other. Like um, when we went into those meetings, you take your heart with you and those people are the same as you. They're just human beings. It doesn't matter how high they are in the government. Uh, we we just stood up and speak to them like they're humans, and you tell tell how how it is, you know, and um and that's how we and try to get the our same message thing. across. They want the same thing, yeah. and, and just comes down to funding. Mm. They want the exact same thing that we want. They want it safe as well. They don't want to, you know, go to work and be like, oh my God, you know, this happened, or the near misses um, rates mm. are you know going up, or why? And they they want exactly the same thing. So um, it, it, it's just the process, unfortunately, we've got, got to go through. And, yeah, we just um, keep going with it. But, yeah, like Pri said, everyone, at the end of the day, we're all just the same people want to do the same thing, you know? Mm. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been yeah. mean. Because yeah. um, we, we used to walk into some of these meetings and you just stand there and you just, you know, you might, be, you might see them on TV, but yeah. on that day... It's just another person to you. Yeah. yeah. So when we did the opening, uh, when they did King the Gates at Kings, and they invited us to have um, to bless the gates as open, like you know, you and Rufano, and how many people were turning up? And I said, oh, I don't really have a number. He goes, Oh, for catering. I said, Oh, about ten. Said, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. When we got up that morning, oh, it we had people from all over the place who must have heard about the blessing come down there must have been about what 60 plus of us all around these gates and I just looked at every single one I was like yeah, every single one here no messages from Cine and Moy and everyone and all the views is have paid a part in this so we all should be thanking ourselves and each other because we all played a part in, in getting these gates installed so yeah it's been a very um oh I, I think it's been a, a learning hmm. journey, eh? But yeah, I wouldn't say of... it was smooth. Or I wouldn't say it was a good journey, but it's a journey that yeah we had to go through and and still going through, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. So and Keen's always been there, hmm. right from yeah. He's always, always, always been there, um, you know. And you you hear a story about 
you know, something else could come up and someone will share a story about him that you didn't not even know that he he knew or they knew of him. And you're just like, wow. So he's always been there, always been in the forefront leading the way. So, um, yeah. And our girls, they've been amazing through this whole journey. You know, they do one year round that we're, my little one wears her T-shirt and, like, you know, it's the old time I had to remind Kalani. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But they get it, so my nieces and nephews do it now. So, so um, yeah. Got to guess, you got to, you know, walk the talk. Can't just say it and have your kids not do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to share the story. Um, you know that this stayed with me since I was at primary school. I don't know why. Must because I was scared to death. But I don't know if you you might you're probably at that same assembly back in Randwick Primary. But I think the kids were getting in trouble playing on the train tracks. Yeah. And um, Miss James, she uh, she was she was on front. And she's told a story. If she ever catches anybody, cause she used to do that um, position. Yes, thing yes, yes, yes. She, she, she came on. She came on assembly and said, "I remember. I remember this. I remember this. If I catch any kids playing on that train tracks, because I, I remember because after school, I, sometimes I used to walk to um, to Brenda's house at um, oh. at Calibre. Yeah, after oh, school sometimes, oh. and then Mum would come pick me up from there and take me home. But um, I wasn't the kids playing on the. I wasn't <laughs> one of the kids playing on the train tracks, but. She she was saying, if I catch any kids playing on that train tracks, I'm gonna come to your class, grab you, take you to the train tracks, put you on there, and wait for a train to come around <laughs> you. <over." laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> She's gonna kill us. Yeah. <laughs> and that message stuck. And that you know? yeah, that message stuck with me. And I was like, holy, holy, can't believe. <laughs> She's gonna actually do that. <laughs> Some far out teachers yeah. at Ranoye. I had Mr. Jamison. He was awesome. I loved him. Yeah, but I remember being from Ranoye hearing about him. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, at Bedwood hearing about Mr. Jamison. You know, hearing all these stories about him. So. And he turns up and he's like, "What? All all a four foot nothing case?" Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "But nah." <laughs> ah. I mean, the short shorts and generals. Yeah. Brown or purple. Is that where you got it from? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's Christmas jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't spice it up on Christmas, eh? Otherwise, shorts, jandals, t-shirt, same outfit, day in, day out. But yeah, great man. Great man. I, I learnt, yeah, I learnt a lot when I've been in his class for the two years at Ranui. I wonder if he's still alive. Yeah, I actually went on, I someone said he's living in Australia somewhere. Yeah, it was on that Ranui discussion page or something like that group page. Yeah. Uh, thank you, man. Honestly, you know what? I'm looking at. I think we went over three and a half hours. <laughs> you know what? No, we, um, and I've, it's been awesome. And I know a little. We started. Well, we started from the from COVID to <laughs> Israel Adesanya to to the um, to your story, which is awesome and inspirational. And I'm telling you the truth, guys. I can't wait for people to hear this because, you know, it's funny because there's little things that you said I'd, I'd, I'd never be aware of, you know, mm-hmm. and how how we're so big on OSH, we're so big on health and safety and regulations, mm-hmm. yet we've got we've got a a thing that moves at eighty k's yeah. per hour and anybody could just mm-hmm. you know yep. and 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 we don't we treat it like it's nothing, nothing. you know yeah like we might as well have a string yeah protecting us from walking over yeah you know, <laughs> hey, you know? <laughs> no you're right and and and, and I would not not I would not know that how the lack of of safety and 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 
So thank you guys for for bringing that and 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 hopefully I'll bring that to the listeners as well so yeah. they're aware of the issue and I know that they're going to get on board and um, like and I know you like guys are saving are. lives you know Thanks. exactly you are Thank you. that's the main thing yeah. you guys yeah. are saving lives and continue to do that you know yeah, but I know, I know this is the first of many guys because you know we've got to have to get our <laughs> updates. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, pie yeah. updates. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's your, your, you might have to bring you on as an official <laughs> pie, <laughs> pie, pie, our social media pie sister because uh, you know. Oh, you can oh, yeah. smash a few down. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, thanks for coming on board and good luck for um, next year. Yeah, awesome, have a especially when, when, when the Chiefs play the Blues. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. I was going to say yeah, Chiefs twenty twenty one, man. Ah, yeah, we got to win one game at least. Oh, we're going to win the title, though. Yeah. I mean, that for sure. Yeah, hey, for sure. they lost yeah. their million dollar man, so yeah. there goes the blue thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah on all this bad talk. Yeah. See, that's no love, eh? Hey, that's no love, bro. Yeah. No. At least Sunny stayed for two seasons. Oh, right. One, two titles, yeah. man. There you go. Barrett comes for one more and takes off again. <laughs> <laughs> he still has finished the job, you know? Yeah. Didn't we win it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Cheers, Barrett. Thank you. Oh, that was me, guys. Oh, awesome.